Coming to you live from the JRE Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios, it's the Cigar Pulpit. This is Kurt Diebel with Diebel Sportsman's Gallery, and you're listening to the Cigar Pulpit. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Burn, Nick, and with me, not Jeff, but, you know, I, I'd say arguably better, we I- have uh, special guest Christopher Manso. How are you? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? Also known as Snappy Big Man. Snappy Big Man, yes, I am. So, Christopher has a very storied career within the cigar industry, and we're going to get to that. I hear things. Yeah, there's, you know. there's things. We won't necessarily uh, mention names all the way. I would say, protect yeah. the innocent and all that fun stuff. Definitely but. the innocent. Yeah. <laughs> has nothing to do with the bitterness. But. Oh, okay. <laughs> But no, so today we're just kind of hanging out at the JRE Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios on the uh, patio here at Top Shooters in Columbia, Illinois. And we're going to be smoking a 2021 J.C. Newman Yagua. Now, you haven't had one of these No, yet, I have, have not. Now, I have heard about it, have not got around to getting one yet, and you gifted me one. Thank you very much. No problem. So, these cigars are 6x54 and... The way they're wrapped, they take a bundle of them and they wrap them and tie them off in that royal palm leaf. Yeah. And it gives them very unique shapes. You I was going to say, it's almost like a soft box press. Exactly. Yeah. But like sometimes you'll get them in their triangular, depending upon where in, oh, the, okay. in, the, in the bundle where they, they are. Where they were placed. Precisely. I mean, you can get some that they're like a weird, you know, rhombus shape, you know, like diamond. It almost reminds me of the, um, the shape reminds me of the old Henry Clay. Okay. Uh, way back in the day, they had those, and they were in that box, and they were have the uh, you know that almost had triangle, that soft triangle press on some of them. Yeah, yeah. that was the same way they did them. But these are fantastic cigars. Jeff and I really enjoy them. Um, I bought a few, or I bought more than a few last year, and still had a handful of them sit, sitting around. And um, but thankfully, they brought them back this year, and I was able to score myself a box. And so now we're now we're firing them up. Sounds good. It looks good. It's a good construction. Yeah, it's a bad hat. Well, it's not a bad hat. But anytime anybody hands me a cigar, I automatically grab it and start running the body down. Yeah. Just to see how it is. Well, you know what you're doing. Well, I've pretended for years. I know <laughs> well, it's time for the cut. And the cut is brought to you by Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri. Our man Dan over there at Riverman Cigar Company is gearing up for the second annual Riverman Cigar Company Festival. He's going to have a... Uh, group of guys from Martina Cigars coming out. They're going to have some rollers on site doing some hand-rolled cigars. And, you know, it's going to be a good time. It's uh, Saturday, September 25th. You know, weather's shaping up to be gorgeous outside. Bring your lawn chairs. That way you can sit outside and enjoy the weather and uh, have some place to actually sit. But, guys, he's stocking up the humidor. He's got some of the Yagua, but he's also got a bunch of other cigars coming in. Um, Dan over there, he's, he's working hard to make this one hell of an event for this uh, this upcoming September 25th, so you're not going to want to miss it. And I'd like to point out that if you can't make the event on Saturday, September 25th, um, Dan does mail order. So all you got to do is just call up Dan over there at Riverman Cigar Company, place your order for some cigars, and he can get those shipped out to you right away. So that's Dan the Man Ponder over at Riverman Cigar Company, and with that, it's time we go ahead and cut the cigar. So, okay. So you have cut... Now, you did a straight cut there? I did a straight cut. I got the old, uh, this baby, this baby's old. Oh, yeah? The old Davidoff. Oh. What's the ring gauge on that cutter? 
That's or, a, uh, you know, I don't know. Any more, it seems like when you find those little... Oh, like these? This the is probably goes up to just a 50. I was going to say, any more, you see them in there like 60 or 70, but like that, that's definitely... Yeah, the big mouth cutters. I, I'm i And I'm not a fan of the big ring gauge cigars, though. I don't go I any tr- bigger than 60. tried. But... And even those are Eight, 60? a little much. Yeah, I will times. do a 60. Most of the time I smoke 60s when I was in the business and help uh, make cigars for different folks. Yeah. And so I had a, I was the production guy, too, so I had to check that stuff. So I was the one who had to smoke those. They smoked right, but not a comfortable time to smoke. Yeah. I would get through. I would never would finish a cigar. I would get through enough, check the quality, check the burn and everything else, but just it's not comfortable. Yeah. Oh, I know. I mean, there's a guy that goes over to Riverman, Chris, um, and uh, I don't know if you've seen him over there, but he loves the big ring gauge cigars, and he's waiting with bated breath for the, what is it, the 9 by 90 Asylums yeah, that are coming in and everything, out. and it's yeah. just like, what the heck, man? That's a confident young man. That's all awesome. <laughs> he's very sure of himself. I'm not going to get a 9 by 90 It's not going to be the biggest thing I've had in my hand that day. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Well, anyway, so cold draw on the Agua. What are we? Uh, what are we getting on that? It's nice, a little toffee. If it's anything like last year, and it, it, I'm getting similar notes, kind of get like a little bit of a barnyardy kind of mm-hmm. hay thing yeah, going on. Yeah, definitely that. Yeah, yeah, that uh, wet hay almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a little sweetness, a little sweetness, and the barnyardy kind of hay thing going on. It's going to be a good smoke. I'm looking forward to this. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and fire mine up. So, man, where do we even start with your career? I mean, you're in cigars. You're in coffee. Um, you know, liquor. I mean, where where do we go? Oh, I'll tell you what. Wherever you want to go. All right. Well, why don't we start at the beginning? So, the inevitable question everybody always asks, how did you get into cigars? I was into cigars uh, very early on, 1920. Uh, not not 1920, the year. I'm not that old. Uh, 1920 <laughs> years old. Uh, always enjoyed cigars. Worked with some folks who smoked pipes. Pipes were big back then. I'm still a pipe smoker today too, but very occasionally. I just pipes. That, there's just so much extra work for me. It is. You know what? There there is not. That is two different animals. Uh-huh. You're right, because a pipe is, you've got to tamp it down, take care of the tobacco, keep smoking. Where you get a good light on a cigar, sit back and relax. But I do enjoy it, like, on the porch in the fall, wintertime, when it's cooler and everything. Yeah, yeah. And there's some guys who smoked uh, cigars, and like I say, I always enjoyed it. Got into hand rolls pretty much right away. And went on with that, and then, I guess it was 90... Three, I had a partner that we were actually looking at opening. Uh, we had almost got a building. We were getting ready to sign, and then they moved a, a, a company across the street from where we were going to be. We were going to open a coffee shop on the first floor. On the second floor, we were going to have a cigar shop. Yeah. And then they opened. They signed. They were touting us. A little windy here in the pagoda. Uh-huh. It's the only thing, but, but we'll, we'll handle yeah. it. Oh, yeah. If I keep talking, there'll be a lot, a lot of hot air blowing around, too. <laughs> but, no, we, we, we they brought in a, a, I think it was a Panera. Okay. Was it? No, it was St. Louis Bread Company. 
Okay. Right across the street. Which well, for those of us who are out of the St. Louis area, yeah. it's Panera. Yeah, but, now, it is Panera now. Yeah. yeah. But they brought them in, so they were touting us, which was fine. It's just the way business is done. Yeah. Uh, and we were, excuse me, we were getting ready to sign and found out, like, in the paper the next day. So we weren't going to buy the building or whatever. Yeah. So I lost my partner. I found another building in Belleville, Illinois. And we opened up a, just a straight cigar shop. But we yeah. served coffee and everything, but it was just complimentary. Mm-hmm. We didn't do that. And so I played with that. We had that shop. Uh, we bought another building adjacent. So we moved from a store that started out in roughly maybe 900 square feet uh, to one that was 3,000 square feet. Oh, wow. Put in a full lounge, open a cigar bar and everything else. We had that for till. Yeah, right before, well, we lost it right after, right before, two, I think it was 2000, 2008 is when Illinois went non-smoking yes. and alcohol attached. Okay. So we had to make the decision, do we want to have just the cigar store, and it wouldn't support itself in that size building Yeah. with the population, or do we want to have a bar, and we didn't want to have a, and it wasn't a bar. Yeah. We, heard, we had uh, 12 taps. I, and no offense to the Budweiser people, but we never had one of their products on tap because yeah. we ran a CO2 nitro. Yeah, okay. Uh, we had three standards, Bass, Harp, Guinness, um, and then we rotated the other taps. And we were probably ahead of our time by a few years. We were one of the first to start bringing in microbrews, uh, different imports, things like that. There was a few other guys in St. Louis doing it at the time. And so we made – and again – we didn't want to have just a just a bar. We featured, I probably had 60, 70 different bourbons and scotches. Yeah. Uh, high end. We did it. It was more what we would call the place was the conversation lounge. Okay. So we didn't have a television in there. We would play jazz. We would have a one-man band or a little trio come in on the weekends. It was a great time. And it was, it was great for people to get together. And that's what we wanted was conversation going on all the time. We even actually, above it, uh, above the bar area... We took, because we stripped the building out, we kept the old wire from the phone lines and everything. It was an office before. We ran those up in there, because that was back in the, before you got great reception with cell phones. Yeah. Because we had a policy was, there's a chair way in the back corner, or take it outside. Okay. You know, of course, you didn't have the phones like you do today, though, yeah. either. Um, so now, stepping back a minute, you said you were kind of deciding what you wanted to do when the uh, smoking ban was coming into place in 2008. Would you guys have been grandfathered underneath that? Because I know some of them at least have been. Uh, they've changed that now. We would not have been grandfathered. Okay. It okay. was make your decision then. Back then, I think they've changed some things, especially yeah. down further in Southern Illinois. Yeah. Because they're not uh, they're not prosecuting or whatever. No. I'm glad those guys are there. I mean, I wish I was to a point still there. But, <laughs> you know, it was just they weren't. It was a cut and dry. Yeah. It was can't do it anymore. There's some places around here that when you actually look at the letter of the law, uh-huh. I question how they're getting away with like anything. But I'm not going to rat them out. But no, you, me but you, either. But you get my point. Well, that's you know? just it. That was the whole thing of it. It was, and this is a discussion I'm sure you've had plenty of times, and I've had, is that you're an adult. It's yeah. it's you're you're 18 to smoke at the time. Yeah, now 21. I'm really not, which I still think is goofy. I think is goofy, but I think it's good. And I get grief for that sometimes. Okay. Explain that. Because my contention is that there's this weird sliding scale of legality, age of legality. 
that you have 16 to drive, you have 18 to vote, mm-hmm. and then you go jump to 21 for now smoking and drinking. Um, and so it's like, where, where, where in lies actual age of legality when you break that well, down? Well, I think it's just the, the age of uh, just knowing what the hell you're doing, personally. I don't think you could put an age on. We well, as a shit, if that's the case, then it shouldn't be even 21. It well, no, be there's, yeah, there's, there should be guys never drinking at exactly. any age or smoking, but you know when they when they raised when they were doing that and I saw it coming when they were doing the because it started off citywide statewide it went mm-hmm. across the country and it was going to become federal we I was still in the cigar business at the time when we talked about it and so taking it to the premium cigar side uh, I agree with you you know eighteen you could vote uh, but. The thing was, they were so down on the cigar industry. The FDA was coming in. Yeah. Everything else said we were marketing to kids, which we never were. No. They brought up acid cigars, other flavored cigars like Miami and stuff. Yeah. We never marketed to kids. And if you look at the liquor industry, they had two things. I mean, look at the products that are out now. You're going to have a whole lot of diabetics mm-hmm. when they're 40. I mean, they're drinking peanut butter whiskey. They're drinking... Uh, candy sauce. So you got Peach what? Crown. I just oh saw my that god, at the Peach store Crown. Yesterday. Yeah. Yep. And you got uh, what is it? Not your dad's root beer. Yep. You got Mike's Hard Lemonade. All that oh, other yeah, stuff. All oh, yeah. spike sodas and things like that. But they yep. always had the drink responsibly tag yeah. on there. You know, we tried to come up with something with that. That was a little too late. We were never marketing to anybody else. But yeah. from the standpoint to relieve pressure, and this is where I thought it was good. It relieved pressure on tobacco shops because really, if you knocked out an 18, eight, that 18 to 20, you were losing one half of one half of one half percent of I your see what smokers would come yeah. in. You know, so they weren't giving them grief. Uh, you, you got somebody who, my son did it. Now, he had access to cigars all the time. Uh, but when he turned 18, he went out, he registered for the draft. He went and bought a cigar and whatever else. You bought a lottery ticket. Yeah. Came home, I'm like, I got a room full of cigars. He goes, it's not, it was that. It was the concept of being able to do it. That one step up into adulthood. Yeah. So, you know, it took a lot of pressure that people, because it's an easy, the premium cigar is an easy, cigar smokers in general, even if you use uh, machine-made cigars, they're just an easy target. There's not that many people. People yeah. don't realize how few of consumed tobacco, uh, chew, snuff, machine-made cigarettes, it's right around, it's a little less than 1% smoke premium cigars. Hmm. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's, well, all right. I can acquiesce with that. I'll, I, I'll give you that. You know what? I mean. I don't think it's right. I think it's I still goofy. Say, I have problems with it just fundamentally, but, but at least. Oh, I do too. But at least I can understand where you're coming from that, look, if you're going to give up some ground, at least that was ground that it really, kinda, really was useless to begin not useless but you know what i mean it, it wasn't much that you're giving up no there. you weren't losing financially you weren't losing a yeah. lot because there was some and there was there was some guys who did some stuff i happen to have an account down in uh little rock open door cigars they do a mentoring program down there and they still do it now but they have the college he was in in fayetteville oh. so they would have these young men come in who didn't know how to interact they grew up in a different generation yeah you know, with the phones out and everything else and so the, he had uh, Brian Waters is the owner of Open Door Cigars. He has a, a mentoring program. It started off pretty much as a cigar one-on-one, mm. just talk guys. But then there was other businessmen that would mentor these guys to so talk to them about how to make eye contact, conversation, what to do, things like this. And it went real well. 
And then, you know, he lost that too. So now he doesn't get them at 18. He can't touch them until they're 21. Yeah. So there is some backside. But not a lot of it. And like I say, you got a lot of people just leaving cigar shops alone, but you still see it today. Yeah. You know, you walk in. It, it's funny when, like, I go to Stanley's. He's got the sign up, I guess, still. I haven't been there in a while. I was just there the other day, but, didn't, you know, like everybody else, I didn't go anywhere for a year. Yeah. And he's got the sign up warning smoking in him. I'm like, how? maybe you shouldn't walk in anyway if you're that stupid. If you can't see the sign that says cigar shop. Uh-huh. Then, and what do you expect? And you see that. You, you've been there. Yeah. You pull out a cigar. You don't even line it up. And people are like, oh, my God. You can and how many times have they come over later and said, wow, that smells really good. Oh, yeah. It happens oh, all the time. Yeah. But, but to your point, it's like we were talking about literally before we sat down to record here. Mm-hmm. You know, we're out here in the, under the pagoda portion of the patio here at Top Shooters, which is kind of away from the building and everything. Oh, and, yeah. And, you know, part of it was the electricity. There's an outlet out here that I can use for the board. And I was telling you that um, there's a table underneath the patio portion that has electricity. But what I tell you, there's tables in there, people that are sitting there eating and everything, and I didn't want to light up my cigar while everybody's sitting there eating no, their lunch and having, it, having an afternoon. So I figured we'd segregate over here. But it's the same concept. It is. Well, I think, and I think cigar smokers in general, I mean, it's, there's always one. There's always yeah. one guy. We know that guy. <laughs> but they're always, like if I was at a place, and when I was on the road, I used to travel. One thing, I would always obviously hang in cigar shops. But once in a while, you just want to get away from everything. Mm-hmm. So you could go have a nice meal. You could go to a place like Shooter's. Uh, you could go to a steakhouse, whatever, go to the bar later, light up the cigar. Can't do that anymore. Oh. You know, but if, if, if I was sitting there and I hadn't lit up yet, I would ask folks. Yeah. You know, do you mind? Look, I'm going to light up. Do you mind? They said, yeah. I would either move to a different spot or I wouldn't light up. It wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. You know, so... Again, it's it's an adult choice. You know what you're getting into. There is a little too much regulation at times. I don't disagree with you there. So okay, so getting back to your story then. So you're you're now you've got your shop in Belleville. The um, uh, regulations are coming down on smoking indoors and everything. You're making your decision. Where do you where do you where do you end up from there? I end up going to work for a cigar company. Uh, big company now. When I started with them, I had actually done stuff with them over 10 years as they were growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, part-time. I would help them out. I would always go to the show and work the booth and things like that. And they offered me a position uh, to open up the Midwest. A lot of the companies were growing to that point. They're 25 years in now. So they were growing. And at, at the time when I went to Chicago, uh, Rocky hired somebody, Drew Estates, so all these reps were coming into those, lack of a better word, but it's what they used down in Miami, is the barren states. You know, there wasn't as much. Okay. Uh, they were big in Texas. They were big on the East Coast. You had California and everything. But that Midwest was an untapped market. And so I went up there to work for them. This is nice. And hey, let's talk about the Yagua for a minute. So what are, you, what are you getting on any flavor notes or anything like that? I mean, it's smoking wonderfully. It's very subtle on the flavors so yeah. far. I don't think it's had time to open up yet. Yeah. We've only been into it for maybe, what, five, ten minutes? But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah at least. It's, it's got time to, uh, there's some there's some underlying notes, uh, definitely like cocoa on it. That yeah. hay is still there. That hay is definitely not still over, there. The sweetness has kind of gone away. Yes. The sweetness is definitely not coming through on the smoke. It's a cold draw sweetness. Mm-hmm. It's not a smoking sweetness. No, not yeah. at all. 
nice. It's an easy draw. It's a good cigar. Well, good. I'm glad you're enjoying it. So, um, so anyway, so okay, so now you're working for this company. Yeah, Which the company? nameless company. I was going to say the nameless company. I noticed you didn't drop the name. Yeah, I didn't okay. drop the name. I, it's okay. just we, a thing I do. We won't press. Yeah, we won't press. <laughs> People who know me will know. People yeah. who don't know me won't care. Okay. It's all right. Uh, but I went and worked for them. I uh, was running Chicago, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and then I took over the Heartlands, the flyover zone. Okay. Dude, so I what saw- is it? So, so the way you're describing it is this is kind of a new virgin territory for a lot of these companies. Mm-hmm. So what is it like being a rep for a company and coming into and almost building up a territory and a large territory at that? I mean, that's the thing. You know, when you name off these Midwest states, you know, you can name off a few and people are like, oh, it's a handful of states. It's a lot of geography. It's a lot of windshield time, Yeah, let me tell you. Because I love Chicago. I took over, like I said, the heartland. So I had, and I can t- tell you the states, I eventually picked up Colorado. Okay. I had Kansas, southern Illinois, uh, part of Kentucky, but I had Kansas, uh, Iowa, Nebraska, Arkansas, and Colorado. I mean, people don't realize just even how big Illinois is. No, they don't. I mean, Not Chicago, from where we're at right now, Chicago is a solid five hours you know, yeah, away. definitely. And by car. And yeah. I mean, you know, Kansas City's four hours, Indianapolis is four hours. I mean, there's cities that are close, but they're not. Close, close. They're not close. They're well, not two-hour drives. When I tell guys, they're like, my God, you got like six, seven states almost? I'm like, really? I got 14 towns. Yeah. That's what I did. I drove from St. Louis to Kansas City, Kansas City to Des Moines, Des Moines to Omaha, Omaha to Lincoln, Lincoln down to Topeka, Oklahoma City and Tulsa, uh, Fayetteville, and all the way over to Little Rock, and then swung around up through, you know, that part. Of, I just And then all I did was Paducah. Okay. It was really only a couple shops in that. Was the cigar area. barn down there at that point? The which one? The cigar barn. Uh, I don't know. What tobacco we... barn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, Brett. Okay. Yeah, he's a great guy. I yeah. say Gator loves that place. He's down there. He is. He's really done well with that. He had it. He was a, he's an ex-cop. Okay. Um, I don't know when he took it over. Uh, big discount cigarette. You put it in a nice humidor. Added a second humidor. He owns that property. So he is built onto that building backwards and uh put in a great lounge and i mean i was just i was actually down there for a charity event uh the big duck race they had okay me and the wife were like let's go to the duck race we're not doing anything (laughs) we drive down there we finally get it we stop for lunch somewhere horrible lunch i don't remember the town we were in but you know it wasn't a great yeah we're like let's get going we get there and it was like where's everybody at for this humongous duck race they really we bought i don't know it was a charity thing uh, you I buy the little I, rubber ducks, I right? bought, Yeah, I bought like yeah. 10 of them for 250 bucks or something. Okay. I don't care. We get down there, and it's like horrible. It's already over by the time we get there. Oh, they basically take this big lift bucket, put these ducks in, drop them in, a, in, a, in the pond at this park, hit them with a fire hose. It takes about a minute to do this. <laughs> so we get there after everything's over. But we went and spent the night and had a good time, and it was the weather was Rainy and cold anyway. It was supposed to be a nice day. No big deal. So I went over to see Brett again and, and saw the uh, what he's done with the lounge. And yeah. Stuff. So, yeah, he runs a good shop. Good, good. He's a lot. He's, he's, I met a lot of great people on the on – some I still love, some I not so much. No love lost. But you don't but have to see him now. I anymore. don't have to see him. <laughs> so, okay, so going back, building up the territory. I mean, so, like, building relationships and everything. What is, what is that like? 
It's tough. It's it's tough and it's not. I mean, you know, as you build the relationships, they'll buy from you. It doesn't matter what product you walk in with. If you and that's what I did was build those relationships because we were still a young company. Uh, people didn't know us, so to speak. They knew our brands, yeah, more than they knew the brand name, and that was the owner's choice okay. at the time. And then they finally put that brand name out there, so people would ask. And we'll just mention the name anyway, because I don't want to keep it a big mystery all this time. It was Alec Bradley. Okay. But it was by Alec Bradley, so it was the max. By Alec Bradley would be on this side. Magic Toast by Alec. I get what you're saying. Okay. And so they didn't they didn't know that. And I would go into shops, and we had brokers at the time. We used brokers like everybody else mm-hmm. as we grew. Uh, so sometimes that was good, that was bad, depending on what the broker did before. Uh, with You know, you had to repair relationships. Uh, start new relationships. It all depended on when you were in the book. When okay. you had a broker who might have 10 different companies at the time and who was given the better commission, who was doing what, who was riding with. So it was a matter of just going in there and just, you know, you always go, and I've always been that way. I, I never, to me, a sale is a sale. It's a one and done. A relationship lasts a lifetime. And that's what you try to do. And then as we develop better marketing, uh, better product, uh, it got easier and easier, but it was still that support. I don't know if there's that much call for, I think there will always be call for reps to a point, but it's changed so much anymore with all the non-smoking laws. Well, and I, that's an interesting point, and we'll circle back to this. Sure. I want to know what your thoughts are as it relates to the role of the rep in, I'll, I'll call it a post-COVID world, but, you know, I mean, let's be real. Last year, you saw a lot of reps just disappear from the road. Totally. And smoking... Have- increased yeah you know and so it's it's an interesting situation so it is it, it definitely is i saw a change coming uh i left alec bradley went to work for another company for a couple of years and i just got burned out it's a young man's game and when you're traveling a lot of travel. Muscle, it was a lot of travel yeah and it, it happened more than once but i remember being in arkansas and the analogy i usually tell people is when i first started i felt like the rock star Okay. You walked in, you know, you met people, they look forward to you coming back, they knew you were coming into town, you got to go out to have dinner with them. I mean, I went on the road, I would get invited, hey, what are you doing? You know, Thursday, we're having people over, coming over the house. So it was great, I made a lot of nice relationships. Um, But I woke up in Arkansas, and I was on a five-day trip, and so I started at Little Rock, worked my way across the state, so I was pretty much go see my accounts, sleep the night, drive the next day. Yeah. You know, it was a four-hour drive getting across, see a couple more accounts. Woke up, knew I was in a hotel, didn't remember where I was. Took oh, me a minute man. when I woke up. So I called the wife and said, I'm done. Yeah. And she's like, you should have quit two years ago. <laughs> so I did see a big change. Um, I talked to some guys still, and it was tough for them. They're used to, you know, being on the road and all that. But I, I just saw a change coming, and most of it was caused by, in my opinion, the non-smoking Okay. Uh, you had the trade show, which they didn't have last year. They had the trade show this year. Yeah. I heard it was not very well attended. That's the big guys pulled out. Yeah. Uh, and it got to the point where you would go to that show and guys would buy. And they would buy. It used to be, in the beginning, your biggest month in the cigar industry was Christmas. Okay. You gifted cigars to your lawyer, to the doctor. People could smoke everywhere. You had people getting together and go out. As that went down and down, so did that December month. December is probably your sixth best month in the cigar business. You got to do it when the, 
you got to make hay when the sun shines. Yeah. So yeah. you're smoking during the summer months. Summer spring, months. Spring, summer, summer months. Early August. Yep. Or uh, autumn. Yeah. Autumn. And so you, yeah. And you saw, and I saw lounges change in their style. They became almost more sports bars to a point, which okay. I never was a big fan of. Uh, but you'll have six, seven TVs in there. Yep. And I get it, you know, but it's just like, I used to love to go into those places just so you could have a conversation or whatever. Yeah. Uh, one of the shops I still like the best here in St. Louis, and I love them all equally. <laughs> never know. I may have to do business with them again. But the Hill, the Hill yeah. Cigar Company's got that one television. That one TV. And those guys are great because if I'm having a conversation, I had one guy come in and he wanted to watch the golf game. And you don't really need play-by-play on golf. No. And he's like, hey, I'll, I'll keep it muted. I just want to watch the game. I'm like, cool. You know, so you can have conversations yeah. going on, and you can get in other conversations. Well, and and I, the one thing I like about the Hill as well is kind of the, and I talk about this a lot with the the furniture, the feng shui mm-hmm. of the furniture, the way it's laid out. And, you know, you brought up Stanley's earlier, and I think that's kind of an equal or a good comparison between the two. Stanley's, you know, you have little pods of seating where you come in with your friends, and you're sitting there together and everything like that, but like... The people across the room, A, it's a bigger room, but B, they're sitting in like their little area, seating area with their friends. So you don't get that cross-contamination of conversation sometimes to where nope. you're maybe meeting other people. Right. But it's also the way they're set up that you can bring other people in. You can True. move a chair around. You can invite a guy True. in. That's one thing I always saw. When I, had guys on, when I was on the road and I would have guys follow me around, I used social media and stuff, and it was for business. Uh-huh. And guys would say, hey, I'm going to Kansas City. Where should I go? I would give them all the stores. I would tell them certain stores you want to go see. Yeah. And then the little dumps, the little, not dumps, but bodegas is what we call them. The yeah. little shops with, the, you know, it had the duct tape on one of the leather chairs and things yeah. like that. But they would walk in, and the owner would take them, and it's like, oh, you're Nick? Hey, Nick. Nick's from St. Louis. This is this. This is this. You know, boom. And you could sit in the shop like that yep. for an hour, hour and a half, two hours, three hours. Before you knew it, time got away from you. But you meet the same people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I love. I mean, when I was, maybe not the same, but the, the same. The same. You, you're right. <laughs> I remember. You know, you would walk in. They uh, with reality shows, and every time you walked in, somebody would be like, "Oh, we should have a reality show here." <laughs> I'm like, "Why?" And they're like, "Well, we got all these characters." I'm like, "You all got the same people mm-hmm. in here. You got the guy who doesn't smoke anything less than a fifteen dollar cigar." You got the guy who doesn't smoke anything but quorum, son of a bitch. I'm not going to pay two dollars fifty cents more for that thing. You I had know at least two people like oh, that. Oh yeah, you had you had plenty of mooches. Yeah, uh, you had the Mino guy. Okay, Mino more than you. Uh, okay, you, know, you always had the guy who had a cousin. He always, no matter what you talked about, you know, I was gonna, I I had a chance to become an astronaut. I got a cousin who was an astronaut. I mean, just no matter what you, did. but people didn't care who you were or yeah. what you did for a living. They cared who you were. But I saw a lot of great relationships. I saw guys that I met, they they didn't know each other. Yeah. Uh, I had an interesting conversation at Fidel's in Kansas City one time with one of the young men working there. And we were talking. he was talking about third place. Have you heard this? No. Third place is, and I'm going to probably screw this up. I've got the book. I still haven't read it. Uh, but it talks about where a third spot is become community for areas. So a coffee shop. Okay. Barber shop, cigar shops are included in that. Okay. You'll take maybe, you know, you and I live in the same town. Don't know each other or pass on cross. Churches are one. So you meet people there. Yeah. And it becomes that. 
and it grows into a relationship from there. Okay. And you had that with cigar shops. I saw guys that would go into a cigar shop, didn't know the other guy. What are you smoking? Um, you know, and they 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 don't ask you what you do for a living. Mm-hmm. Usually, it's like, what if you like this? What do you like to do? You ever drink bourbon? You ever drink scotch? You do this? Oh yeah, I do that. What else you do for fun? If you like cigars, oh, I'm a fly fisherman. And over the years, I'd see those guys, and it's like, hey, where's Bob and the crew? Yeah. Oh, they're all on a, they're all on a golf trip down in Mississippi. They never played before, but it was that cigar. The cigar is, in my opinion, a cigar is for men, and we'll say women, really men. Uh, I don't care who I piss off sometimes. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's the most common denominator in the world. And in my years in the cigar business, I met, and I used to say the local ditch digger. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little older, and guys are like, what's that? But you take the guy who makes minimum wage. He works at the gas station grocery store. He's making, I don't even know what minimum wage is, eight bucks an hour. Shit, these days it's freaking $15, 15 an hour. Yeah. But, but anyway. you took that guy who made that minimum wage. You took the guy. I, here's the thing. I smoked and had great conversations with guys who made eight bucks an hour. And I sat at tables and at chairs with guys who made $8,000 an hour. Yeah. I didn't know who they were. I didn't care what they did for a living. And we just had conversations. And, and I would find out later. Jeff and I have found that at the Hill is that we'll be sitting there. And we find out later. It's not necessarily something. Come, like you're saying, it doesn't come up in conversation right. all the time. But you find out later that you're sitting there with... Um, maybe one of the judges for the city of St. Louis or something like that. But then at the same time, you're sitting there with, um, like our buddy Strong. He's he's public works for the city of mm-hmm. St. Louis, you know, and and uh, the cops and you know guys that do flooring and this and that. And whatever oh, you can else. find. So, I mean, you, 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 it's, it's everybody. You don't need Angie's list. Oh, I agree. I've been saying this that if you want to be like, oh, I got a guy. You just maintain those relationships from the oh, cigar lounge, and you've got a guy. I would be on the road. Guess what? There was a mechanic. If I had a problem, there was a, and there was a recommendation, and yep. it was one of the guys from the cigar shop. Needed a lawyer? Don't ask when that happened. It was in Kansas City, though. But uh, no, if you need a lawyer, you need a you know you need a plumber, you need somebody else. For, everybody network. It was a great, and it still happens today. They yeah. still network. Yeah, there's just a great mix of people, and they tend to be one of my customers. His daughter wrote, and I've got the paper at home. And this is when I had my shop. And she did, I guess, her thesis. But it was about it was, uh, sociology, but it was about cigar stores. Really? Yeah. And she said, and this is the one, one part, and I'm going to paraphrase. Uh, they tend to be conservative. Mm-hmm. Tend to be a little older, 30 plus. Uh, family. Uh, is important, all those things, those right things in life. Yeah. One thing was they were, uh, how did they put it? But basically they were conservative yet open-minded. And you're like, well, okay, explain that to me. And he was, because he had her explain it to him because he didn't get it either. Yeah. He was asking the same question. What it is is over a cigar, you'll have a conversation. So you may not agree. And if you know, you've been in cigar shops, there's a few, we don't talk religion, we don't talk politics, so to speak. Yeah. But, it, you know, somebody has an opinion about something, and it could be politics or whatever else. It's like, I may not agree with you, but I got an hour and a half. We can talk it out. Let's talk it out. Yeah. Still get along with I you. always joke that we're sitting around having cigars and solving the world's problems, you know? That's what we That's did. exactly it. I did that for years. I walked around with a drink in one hand, cigar in the other, solved the world's problems, went to bed, got up the next day, and got to do it all over again. It was a great time. It really was. So let's talk about the coffee. Yeah. So you've got Snappy Big Man Coffee, and you were nice enough to bring me a bag, and I really appreciate that. 
Oh, thank you. I ground it down. Now, I figured you had a grinder, but half the people I know don't have grinders. I don't. Okay, you son of a... <laughs> Let me tell you I'm something. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I am a, uh, a coffee novice. Okay? okay. Like, I, for the longest time, I, I turned 40 in November, and up until this year, I could probably count on one hand how many cups of coffee I had. And one of our show sponsors... Shut up. Swear to God. One of, my dad, he... he questioned every day how i was his son because he goes through multiple pots of coffee a day and so one of our show sponsors uh, nick gervais he runs uh, my monthly cigars yes. he came out with the fucking good coffee yes and so he sent us some samples and i tried that yeah i love his I, package and i really enjoyed that so so we can blame nick gervais for me but no so i'm looking forward to trying yours yeah it's it's uh well, ours isn't fucking good coffee. It's just great coffee. Okay. Just saying. That's our tagline. <laughs> but I I grew up on coffee. Okay. Uh, my mom's mom, my Wella, she's Spanish, Was we were poor. You know, it's one of those, we were poor and we didn't know it. And we knew it. It was fine. <laughs> so she didn't have things, extra things around the house when we got to visit her. I mean, okay. she had a little of this, a little of that. So there was always coffee. She didn't. Have, she had sugar to cook with and everything else. We didn't make Kool-Aid. We didn't, there was no pop, no soda or anything like yeah. that. So we drank coffee. I would drink coffee with real cream in it in the beginning. And I liked black coffee. And I was always kind of a, I'm still a geek about that stuff. Uh, I'll have uh, discussions. Shouldn't say arguments, but I'll have discussions. Because <laughs> I still percolate coffee. I still think it's the best way to make a, a okay. coffee. Um, but I was playing, I would roast coffee. And I would roast little batches. When I would go into cigar shops, and we were a young company, and we didn't have, and it's, it's changed in the business now, I don't think it's, it's still, there's that percentage that's about the cigars and they're geeks like me. My smoke keeps going oh, right at you. You're okay. I, I'm, I have spent, I am immune no, to I know, that. But I yeah. just, it's, no, it's, it's okay. It's like we're outside and it's just zeroing in on you. That's but anyway. It's a nice atmosphere. So. I feel like I'm in foggy London town right now. <laughs> okay. But uh, anyway, so. They, well, they, well, they would serve Folgers, Community yeah, Brothers. They well, they, they go up to the office coffee. Yeah, store they go to Costco, just, yeah. get a big old 50 pound can of coffee. Yeah. So I started bringing in something to do because we didn't have swag. They were investing, reinvesting in the company. So fields, brokering tobacco to make sure price price points didn't go up, you know, yeah. and things like that. But it got to, you know, the guys are like, oh, I like your cigars. Can I have a hat? So hats and ashtrays and T-shirts weren't a priority. No. Gotcha. So I would take coffee in. And as I would do the event, I would say, hey, I brought some of the coffee I roasted. And I would give some to the to the owner and everything. I said, do you mind if I make some? And it, would, it started off just that way, just coffee. Guys were, you know, being doing the event going, dude, this coffee's freaking awesome. It goes great with the cigar. I'm like, what's my coffee? I'm like, what's the name of it? I'm like, I don't know. I just make coffee. My coffee. My nickname for a long time, it was, uh, I had two nicknames in theater. I created one character. I do improv and stuff, too. Okay. And, uh comedy i write in things and sketches and, and so i came up i didn't want to use my real name so it was i was known as snappy from the way i dressed back in the days even before uh i wore loud big red sport coats uh, paisley coats things like that uh you were it, and it was also the the comebacks it was there, I, I tend to be quick-witted mm-hmm. sometimes not nice quick wit but quick-witted either way that's okay I think we're too nice these days. Yeah, and then and, here and yeah. <laughs> and Bigman was just my size. I'm six foot four, about two fifty now. Yeah, and I was at the time when I was on the road. I'd like everybody else. 
put on the pounds, man. I was 300 pounds. Hey, when you're eating out of the car window. Oh, my God. Yeah, it you know, and I tried, but it's just, you know, and you don't exercise, and you, you end yeah. up, and you're having a great time in the, in the cigar lounge, and I don't want, I'm not a hotel guy. Yeah. I, I don't watch television that much, so I wouldn't go back. And, so I would hang in the cigar shop where they close at 10 o'clock. Well, guess what? Then you'd go have a drink sometimes, or you'd go eat somewhere, you know, at 11 o'clock after they close. So I was getting in, you know, 1 o'clock in the morning, getting up. Eating a big breakfast, skipping lunch, and then you'd be starved. And just too much. Yeah. Too yeah. much. But um, now I forgot where we were even going with this. Uh, the coffee. Oh, the coffee. So I started bringing the, the coffee in. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that around for me. <laughs> At my age. Uh, no, so I started bringing the coffee in. And guys were like, well, why don't you sell it? Never thought of selling it. Mm-hmm. Well, then customers would call me up usually, or one of the owners would go, hey, can you bring some of your coffee? So I started with, <coughs> excuse me. Just putting it in a, a Ziploc bag, and then people are like, well, nobody knows what it is, so what's the name of it? Snappy Bigman. That's what people knew me as. It was Snappy Bigman Coffee. That's how it came around. Okay. And then we bagged it. And then towards the end, what I would do is I would do pairings with coffee and cigars. I think is still the best. I'll take a, I'll take a whiskey, uh, a tequila or something on the side. Yeah. Uh, I still enjoy that once in a while. Not really even that much anymore. I pretty much quit drinking. I okay. used to drink a lot. Uh, but still just coffee and a cigar. I think it's just the perfect marriage. That warmth, uh, really, in the oils in there, blend with the oils of the cigar. And so I would do coffee pairings okay. and with the cigars. Very cool. So then what um, varieties of coffee do you offer? Right now? Because you brought have, me the original. I brought you the Havana. No, Havana. Yeah, that's the original. Okay. And we came up with how we came up with the names was it was played off of wrapper leaves. It was still so I was in the cigar industry. So we have a Connecticut, okay. which is a light roast, okay, a uh, little sweetness to it. We have the the Havana was just the original. We didn't know what else. We didn't know what we were going to do with. We didn't. This was an accidental business, shall we say? Yeah. So we knew we wanted to do something. So it was it just fit. Cigars, Havana, nice tie-in. Yeah, and that's a like a medium roast. I like that you put the the. Almost like tasting notes on the oh, yeah. on the, yeah. um, uh, on the bag here. Yeah, yeah, on the bag. You got baking chocolate, tobacco, stone fruit, and harmonious. Yeah. I always come up with one adjective. It's okay. tough to do sometimes. <laughs> but it is. It's a nice blend. It comes together well. It's a coffee you can drink any time of the day. Uh, we did an Oscuro, which is really a, a dark roast, a, a, an Italian roast almost. Yeah. Uh, but the Oscuro leaf is dark, so it's got that semi-sweet bitterness to it. Uh, good as an espresso. If We have an espresso roast, which was actually supposed to be called Corojo, because uh, it's a true espresso roast okay. and blend. Okay. A lot of people think espresso has got to be that dark Italian roast. It's not. Or like a Cuban coffee. It's actually a coffee that we'll, you use for a latte. You could drink, you, like our, uh, and it, the only reason it's still called espresso is my artist at the time, when he sent all the artwork in. Yeah. Didn't change the name to Corojo. He sent it as espresso. I see. And what I paid for those labels, you weren't gonna. Get I wasn't redoing them now because he was like, "Oh, I, I, you're gonna have to pay for them." I'm like, "I'll just call it espresso." I was say, "I'll eventually change it." So we've added some. Well, we haven't added yet. We're uh, working. I'm not working. Neither's the guy I paid yet either. <laughs> and as I always say, my coffee. Me a little bitter, never my coffee though. <laughs> but we're getting a new website done and everything. So we've got some other lines to add into, some single origins that yeah. we'll do. Uh, yeah, so 
little bit like that. We may add some teas. I like tea okay. once in a while, loose yeah. leaf teas and stuff like that. We're toying with that idea. So we'll have eventually probably a dozen different offerings. We've got another blend that we'll bring back. We actually did it. Uh, it's amazing what you can come up with when you're smoking cigars and drinking scotch <laughs> and playing around. Uh, we took, it's a blend that we were doing, we're working on the roast. We did basically a French roast and okay. then a dark roast of the same beans. They came out great. They were fine. Nothing special. I mixed them up one night. I was just playing around. I was drinking. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a very good, it's more of an, what I would call an evening coffee. You could do it in the morning. You could do coffee anytime you want. Yeah. Uh, it does play well into a cold brew uh, or an iced coffee kind of style. But we called it Code 7. We actually did it. We were doing an event with the guys at the Hill, with Tim and those guys at the Hill. Yeah. They did it for the first responders. Okay. So we brought that coffee in. And Code 7, in, uh, I'm assuming it's even with firefighters in emergency, but with police means you're on break. Okay. So coffee break. Oh, nice. So we'll actually bring that back. We do want to talk to, like, uh, uh what is it, backstoppers? Okay. So yep, we'd yep. like to donate a certain amount from every bag sold on that yeah. to the backstoppers or somebody like that. That'd be that. great. Yeah. And that was real well received. We, I, I would still run into the cops and stuff. Yeah. And they were like, dude, that coffee was just so freaking good. So, <laughs> you know, they were coming up to the table and we're like, take a bag. Nice. We had one guy who actually stepped up, one of their customers, and I, and I don't remember his name. This was a few years back. Real nice guy. And he said, well, he wanted to buy a bag anyway. And we told we we donated all the money, okay, straight up to those guys. Was how many bags you got left? I said I don't know, like twelve. Okay, he hands me the money for me. He goes when they come when the police come up, whoever comes up, you give them a bag of coffee. Oh, I'm like, nice. well, I was going to do that anyway. And he goes, well, now you're definitely going to do it. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, drop. I think I was doing it fifteen bucks a bag. Okay, and so he bought what 150, 160 dollars, and just hand me the cash, and we handed it right over to the backstoppers. Too. Beautiful, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Well, very cool. Yeah, so we'll eventually do K cups. We had a guy to do K cups. We lost that. I've bounced through artists more than anything in my day. It's a meaning cool. like the graphic artist, yeah, for the bag, the yeah. Packaging. Trying to find guys to do stuff. Trying to get guys to give you the files when you're done with it. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's like dealing with. Uh, a crazy ex you're just like they get mad they I do get something it. so i get we're it. still in a transition it's getting there uh like i say we've i've got to make a phone call uh not today sunday <laughs> monday somebody's getting a phone call about where the hell's my new web page okay so we have it online i used to have it in a lot of shops too okay. i mean they wouldn't stock it in things like that so we'll do now we'll do farmers markets coming up next year we were, we're looking at it like everybody yeah, let's be real. No, 2020 was a waste of a year. And yeah, 2021 ain't too, uh, ain't too yeah. freaking hot right now. Yeah, so we'll, we'll look at things like that. And we've talked to some other people who like to carry it and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's a it's a great pursuit. It's a good passion. I like it. It keeps me off the streets. Uh, <laughs> you know, but I'm a one-man operation doing it. So bagging it, roasting it. Used to haul it off. You know, used to deliver it. So. Yeah. But I like it like that. We, we, we do small batches. Uh, that sounds so cliche. I hate that. We've got that on the old bag, you know, small batch artisan roast. Yeah. But it is. And, we, you know, but I'll be honest with you. If somebody buys me out and gives me the check, they can make millions of pounds of it. I won't care. <laughs> well, they won't. But, well, there you know, we go. Yeah, we do it as orders come in. Okay. So, 
you know, we'll roast within that week or so. There's times I get orders. I haven't gotten my beans or whatever. And, and I got to call guys and be like, hey, dude, your stuff's not going to go out till next week because yeah. I got to roast it, let it rest. And then, you know, maybe 10 days, 14 days before we ship sometimes. But What's I would think that those guys would understand. Oh, they and, do. They definitely do. Probably even appreciate it that much more mm-hmm. when they get it because, you know, now they, I mean, they know full well that you're waiting on the beans. You're doing the process. You're you're doing it right, you know. And Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it does. It really does enhance um the conversation, the meal, uh, after the meal. I was uh, took one of my customers out one time. His wife and I share the same birthday. We went out to a really nice restaurant. Uh, it was a great restaurant. And I have coffee at the end of a meal a lot of times. Okay. I don't do desserts yeah, uh, too much. Uh, so, but I like a good cup of coffee, maybe a brandy with that or cognac and things like that. And this meal was at a level 10. I mean, the service... Everything, the presentation, the food was just freaking delicious. Yeah. They bring over the coffee, and it's office coffee. Oh. And as you bring it up, you can smell it. It's a really, and I talked to the guy, and I said, and I, he doesn't use my coffee, but I said, because he was in a different town. I said, there's local coffee roasters. I would meet coffee roasters, too. Yeah. In cigar shops all the time. That's how I developed and, and learned things. I would be talking to a guy, and, you know, blah, 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 and we'd be talking, oh, you're the guy with this coffee. He goes, why on this? Coffee company, this roasting company, whatever. And I'm like, can I come by and take a couple lessons? Yeah. Oh, yeah, come on by, hang out. We'd be on the back dock smoking cigars for a while. Then i go in and learn how to roast coffee and things like that. Um, and I talked to him and I said, because he, he asked, how was the meal? I said, everything was great until the coffee came. It just brought it down about three notches on there. Yeah. He goes, well, we don't sell a lot of coffee. Yada. I'm like, you can use a local roaster. Even if it costs you two bucks to make a pot of coffee. Yeah. You're selling it for $3 a cup anyway. With refills, people aren't necessarily hanging out all day. This was a finer dining establishment. He ended up doing that. I ended up seeing him like a year later. Ran into him at the cigar shop. Yeah. And he goes, hey, I got a full coffee menu now. He went to one of the local roasters, started using roasters. It was so funny because he told me a couple of his customers were like, so did you get a new chef? Things are just so much better. And he was kind of like, I'm pissed in a way because... It was his bistro. He was the chef. Yeah. He's like, no. They, he goes, I just picked up the coffee. Interesting. Brought it up a great. Yeah. Well, see? It's a good suggestion then. Yeah, I didn't get a free meal out of it. I was going to say. Gonna say. <laughs> well, there you go. So one of the things I wanted to touch base with you on, too, is um, one of the regulars over at Riverman, Bob, he speaks very highly of you. Well, yeah, I haven't seen Bob in a while. And Bob talks about how... You are all about presentation. Mm-hmm. That when you do an event or something like that, like nothing is, I don't, I don't want to, you know, put words in his mouth, but nothing is simple. Everything is very elaborate, very, very, very showman-like and everything. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about your thoughts on what makes a good cigar event. Because it seems like a lot of times in cigar shops, events basically are buy three, get one free. And, you know, look... That, that's a sale. That's not an event. To right. Me. And well, so I, I would, I, I'm just curious as to your thoughts on a cigar event. A cigar event. Well, here's the thing, in my opinion, cigar events went away when we were a new company. When you were, we're it doesn't matter. There's a lot of new companies. Even the old companies had to get into the game too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, General's going to own 33% of the market forever. Yeah. But they're coming out with new lines. They're coming out with, and they're doing more things like that. The events were cool because you got to meet, if not the owner of the store, you got to meet 
uh, maybe a blunder, or you got to at least meet the rep. You made a connection to that cigar. To a little company. more, a little more personal. You yeah. got to hear some of the history, and I always thought that was great. If you hear a little bit about the story, or you know a little more knowledge, just makes more enjoyment kind of thing. So, I mean, when I would do events, I would show up. If the event was at 5 o'clock, I would show up at 4 o'clock, help get set up. Uh, the owners were more into it. Uh, and you just just spoke. That's, you just had conversations with you guys. I would do dinners. I wouldn't eat at the dinners because I would work the tables. I would walk around the whole time checking with people, seeing how they liked the cigar, how we paired it with this whiskey, how the food was and everything else. So doing those kind of things. And then it just got out of the way to where, to, in my opinion, it became more about the swag. Yeah. The three in one. Yeah. And, you know, you, in the beginning, it was box sales because you didn't know if you could get another box of that cigar for a while sometimes, yeah. too, because guys were growing, production was down, things like that. Then you also had, like I said, bigger companies came in, they gave more stuff. And then cigar store owners, in my opinion, got in the habit of what I call filling out the calendar. I would walk into a shop and they go, hey, what are you doing in August? Because they knew my route. I would be by every month, every two months. Yeah. And I'd be like, why? Well, we want to do an event. I started going, well, how many events you got? January, February, March. So it became One a month, nothing least, to yeah. consumers, but it became a gratuitous discount day for the shop. Yeah. That you were going to buy your three, get one free, get a raffle ticket, hopefully get the ashtray that you so damn well needed. You know, I, I love that hat. Can I have that hat? I'll wear it. I'll be a great model. It's my favorite hat. Yeah, until the Oliva guy comes through, and then you get an Oliva hat, and then the Crown Heads guy comes through. You know, you get that McGee smoked meat hat. Yeah. But it it became that way, and, it, and they've lost that. And I found stores that do either a bigger event once a year um, or do them every quarter instead okay. of every month. They become more excitable, uh, and people are more interested. They're not just... Showing up because there's an event. Okay. Because they're not events anymore. They're just tasting. They're sales. Yeah, that's yeah. all they are. All they are. Uh, we started doing, one thing I started doing was uh, we would give, if you mixed and match on a box. So if you bought 20 cigars, mm-hmm. if I had five different lines in there and you bought four of these, four of these, four of these, you got the box discount. We would, you know, but the owners were like, well, yeah, but I'm like, what? I'm giving the free stuff. Yeah. You know, so what's it matter and everything? But it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's just a matter of, I think, just pacing them out. Guys still enjoy them, and they want to support the stores, so yeah. they're going to show up. They want, they, and a lot of times, they, they've talked to the rep. They want to show support for that rep who has to come and has to schlep into town and do this stuff. But I think it's, it's a matter of everybody. I think it's sometimes there's bad reps that just barely show up. I did one event at a great store in Iowa, Des Moines, and the new manager goes, what are you doing here? What do you mean? Because the event starts at 6. It's 4.30. So I'm going to take Greg out to dinner, but I'm going to set up for the event. And then afterwards, we, you know, he's used to getting out. Guys were hanging. We were having great conversations. We were sitting in the cigar shop till 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Somebody had a bottle of scotch. We had a couple of drinks, cigars, and just talked about everything else. But And I think owners have gotten lazy about it sometimes, too. Uh, I think they, I would like to see events go back outside. Okay. Of the place, like if you did something here at, at Top Shooters. Yeah. You know, do it. And do it. You don't have to do it. When we used to do dinners and things like that, I would meet with guys. And I would meet with the chef. Because we would really, uh, I help blend cigars and things like that. So I, I I do have a good palate. And so there's certain things that we would know would go well together. And the chefs would be like, well, I want to do this. I want to do 
whatever, leg of lamb, and we're going to do this with the rough mashed potatoes and that. And I'm like, but is it on the menu? No. Just do what's on the menu. Yeah. Guys really don't care. If it's a, and we did. We did uh, one event I did. I did a, uh, it was just burgers. We did it on the patio. Uh, it was burgers and a beer. We matched them up to the beers and everything. It was like four or five beers. Uh, it was a great event. Had a happy hour before. And see, what's nice about that is then if those guys enjoyed that experience, they can go back to that place uh-huh. and again, get that same burger, have that cigar that with thing. it and everything, and they can replicate that experience if they want to. And, we would, and again, you had guys that owned restaurants that hung in the cigar shop, so they yeah. were wanting to get involved with that. But we would ask them, too, if they were cigar-friendly. That became a thing also because it was like, okay, you want to bring... And I tried to keep them small. I always tried to keep them under 50. I always thought 30, 35 was a good. You can work the whole room really mm-hmm. well and give everybody the attention they deserve. And I was like, you know what? Are you cigar friendly? They're like, what do you mean? I said, okay, so we're going to bring 35 guys. Going to have tickets, going to have the event. Now, five of these guys go to a ball game and they're done golfing or whatever. Four guys are two foursomes or whatever. They come back, want to sit on the patio, smoke a cigar, and grab that burger they had. And they're like, well, no, no. So I'm like, you know, and it's tough to say no to somebody. Yeah. But we had to say it's just not a good fit. Yeah. So again, it was that you don't want the one and out. You want the, right. You know, because yeah. if, if if you and I went somewhere and we're like, oh yeah, we were at that dinner and we go back and they go, oh you can't smoke cigars here. It's yeah. not that I'm mad, and you know that's fine. I want to still have that meal, but that was kind of the whole thing. It was it was building a community within too, to for local folks to let's have a dinner. And that guy, you know, send people to the cigar shop. That cigar shop, you have people like St. Louis, Tourist Town. People would come in, hey, where do I go? Yeah. This is where you want to go. That's Food's good at both places. That's why we bring people here. Because, like, with oh, the yeah. patio and the outside here, they don't mind the cigars. No, so not we at can, all. We can have cigars and, you know, look, I mean, it's one of those things. Is it, is it the fanciest place in town? No, but you know what? They're they're cigar friendly. Oh, there, there you and go. that goes a long way. It for, does go a long way. For me, so... Well, very cool. She reminds me of Key, my production assistant. She just pops in once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Thumbs up. So, you bring that up. So, you do your own show. Yes, I do. Just saying. Just saying. With the ellipsis. That's how you got to look it up. Okay. Uh, the ellipsis has been, it's a thing I do. I didn't know what it was until somebody told me it was ellipsis. I just moved <laughs> three dots and somebody, actually an English person, explained what that was. Okay. But it was just a tagline that I used forever when I did yeah, social media. Everyone calls it the three dots. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And they were always like, you know, and I would, I would I would put stuff up. It was weird. I'm not a big fan of social media, especially now that it's unsocial media, uh-huh. I think. But in the in the beginning, it was good for business and stuff. And I had people that would follow me around. And I would make, I would actually have guys going, hey, have you posted anything in a week? I get up in the morning. I'm like, wow, you got to get a better life. Yeah. But I get up in the morning to see what smart ass or what inane shit you would say. And my tagline was just say. Yeah. I would say whatever it was. And it was just like, you know, that, that little backhanded compliment was just saying just saying you know you're an idiot just saying <laughs> and how that started was when i was in chicago there was a group we hung out with and it was just saying don't mean anything bad by it just saying and it just got sort of just saying became a tagline for me and everything yeah so then it's a video cast it is a video cast we shoot it at midcoast media studios in st louis great guys chris denman uh owns that uh he does a lot of podcasts and things um and we liked it. I like the video. I'm more of a, I'm a stage person. I've acted, and like I said, I do improv and stuff. And do we have to do it um, with the video? I think it's fun. 
Yeah. I miss it. I used to be in radio television when I first got out of school and really? everything. Yeah, for about 10 years. Just kept okay. getting fired, couldn't make any money, <laughs> and, and uh, went on to do something else. Uh, but I like doing that. We have in, we get in-studio in guests. Uh, my co-host right now, uh, we'll see. We'll talk. Okay. But no, I started with the co-host, Paul Votto, who owns a shop in uh, Old Vegas. Oh, really? In Binion. It's called Votto Cigars. So if you're ever in Vegas... Drop by, tell him Snappy sent you in. Okay. He'll charge you an extra buck because we don't always get along after production <laughs> meetings. I've been to Binion's. That's the yeah, funny thing. Yeah. He's got this little, what well, used to be the old, He was his his shop was located in the old uh, check-in desk okay. from way back when. He, they just moved uh, somewhere else into the casino. But uh, he was he's a fellow improviser uh, from Chicago. Uh, he started a group called Salsation, which is still playing in Chicago. They split. He moved out to L.A., uh, worked there, did acting and things. He's been on some uh, – he was on a soap opera, had a few episodes. He's been little little cameo spots on, uh, like, Mad TV back in the day. Okay. Uh, there was a group that hung out, and they, he was, they were part of the Chicago crew. Uh, and so they would get invited on and stuff like that. And he's a great guy, good, uh, really nice guy. Uh, good cigar guy has his own line of cigars out too, which are excellent cigars. And so we knew each other, and we have that those connecting backgrounds. And so it brought him in as a co-host. Like I say, we have little issues once in a while. That's all right. Well, we'll talk about it. I mean, I got my own issues with Gator. Well, there you go. You know what? So, <laughs> yeah. but uh, no. So we have fun doing it. It's just it's just for shits and giggles more than anything. I don't golf anymore. My son moved away, so I don't have a golfing partner. Okay. I, plus, I don't need, need, need me walking around that much anymore. I don't like carts. It's not walking. But I don't, I, you know, so I got money to spend, so to speak. So I'm the producer. Okay. Which is just the fancy way is I'm paying the rent on the studio. Yeah, you're doing but the work. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah, you can find us on YouTube, and eventually we'll have somebody show us how to put it on Apple and the other places, or on Spotify. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because I'll, I'll check things, and it's more from a theatrical standpoint, I'll watch and critique myself or whatever, mush mouth and things like that. But I, I tend to, I'm a visual person, so I tend to enjoy the shows and I'll watch those. And then when I listen to them on Spotify or one of the other podcast uh, platforms, I think there's, for me, there's something missing if you don't see the, see the reaction there. You yeah. can hear it. You can hear it in the inflection. But I just like I like looking at myself. Ask my wife; she'll tell you. Okay. No, that's fair. And you know, I mean, we've talked about um, one day adding video. It's funny we're doing the opposite. You know, it's like you're talking about one day going just putting it out for the audio side and everything. But like we've talked about one day going on the video side. And for us, since we we travel around, you know, and everything, it's it's kind of hard for me to set up all the. Oh, it is. And everything but like I'll tell that. you what, nowadays, oh, God, I was just... talking to a couple guys, and I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, but yeah, it's, it's you know, getting the, you can shoot them. I get, I get guys who are shooting stuff on their phone, and they do the editing and stuff. So it's yeah. it's gotten a lot easier. I got a new phone finally. Got the 12 Pro. I've what got that too. I like Dude, it. Dude, I like it. I like and it. you can shoot that stuff right on there, yeah. and you can feed in and everything. So we're looking at that because I'm going to go ahead and get some equipment too. Uh, because we're still playing with it. Because we'd like to take it to cigar shops once in a while. Yeah. Do the same thing on the road. That'd be neat. Because you can't smoke in the studio. I was going to ask you about that. Because I didn't think you smoked on your show. No. And that was also my other thing. It's like, you know, if I could have a studio where I had a, a regular base of operations that I could, you know, we could go to and we could do the show, that's great. But it's got to be somewhere that's cigar friendly. Right. 
and that's very hard to that find. You're gonna all you're you're gonna have it. unless that guy's you're owning. Pretty much, his, you're doing it yourself. Yeah, if he's owning his own building, then yeah. maybe you could smoke in there. Uh, we do it at the Zach dot uh, Zach building mm-hmm. uh, on Locust. It's it's a great studio. The people are Midcoast Media is wonderful. I, I and I will tout people. Uh, I'll tell you, even if I don't like them, don't use them. But I mean, I'll talk bad about people. I don't care. But you know, they do a great job for us. He produces uh, Sunday papers with uh, Greg Fitzsimmons. Uh, he does Two Funny Mamas, a couple other things. He's got a lot going on too. Okay. He's going to be doing a lot more. Uh, I love the studio, the production staff that we get to use. Uh, Key that I mentioned. Uh, is the best production assistant I've ever had. She brings coffee to, to me and my guest, or water. Uh, the guys who run the boards are all great people. They're all either, uh, they've kind of rerouted their lives to uh, a couple of magicians, magicians. A couple of musicians. Uh, Monk is one. He usually runs the board when I'm there and everything. So it's just a good good group. Uh, they do quality work. I tell anybody, if, if you're looking for things, uh, they've got... Uh, print that they do uh also they'll do shirts and merch and all that stuff uh they do great designs uh, good graphic artists and everything i'm not going to mention his name because he's the one i got to talk to (laughs) but john beeps who has uh by jack is what it's called you can find him online he does a lot of the st louis shirts that you'll see and everything yeah that old 70s retro where you know says st louis or he said does different neighborhoods and everything uh he actually does uh one comedian, I can't remember his name, he does some stuff for. And he does a lot of stuff for Pauly Shore. Mm. And everything, the crusty hats and all that. So they're good people. Uh, they do great quality work. When they do their work, hold on, that's me being bitter, not my coffee. <laughs> but So we like doing that. It's fun. I could do it myself, and, and I'll still probably patch in and use them. Because I just don't want to take the time to edit everything down. That's, that's the other the thing. thing. Is I, I, you know, I've gotten the audio editing down pretty yeah. well. But the video editing, it's its a little slightly different animal. And sometimes Jeff and I say something that maybe we don't want to make it, you know. Right. It's like one of those things you say it and you're like, oh, maybe should, we probably ought to cut that. Yeah, we should cut that you know, out. And, it's, it's and they, we don't do that, a lot of editing. So. I mean, I, I, I got the bare, bin, the bare bones minimum contract with him. I give him coffee for their other shows. He has a show coming. <laughs> I think it's coming back if it hasn't come back yet. It's called Drinks with the Band. Okay. Uh, Jack Daniels is a big sponsor for them. Yeah. He's doing some other stuff. Uh, so I give him coffee. Get okay. a little name mentioned here and there. Uh, I like, they like the coffee anyway. The other day, I wish I would have, I got to start carrying my camera or my phone. I call her Sally. Because they're not phones. They're everything. They're computers. They're everything. Yeah, yeah, they yeah exactly. And I was walking in and Key was there and Grace, one of the other girls who does some of the work there too. And I was getting ready to shoot a show. I brought in a five-pound bag of coffee. I roasted it up and just put it in a bulk bag that we used to use. And they were like, oh, <laughs> we got coffee. I'm like, oh, there, I just missed a moment with yeah. that one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's got a good studio and everything. I like to do that. So we do it for fun. It's called it's called Just Saying Everyday Conversations. And it's basically we've had – I've had fellow improvisers on. I've had reps from Cigar Business. I'll say you had Trey uh, Mac from Aladino on. Yeah, I did. Ago. I did. I did. And uh, your check's getting cut off, by the way. Uh, no, you're like, shut up. No, but uh, no, he's great. I, I met, I met uh, Trey. God, we were talking about that on the show. I've known him for a dozen years, if not longer. Wow. Yeah. Uh, met him when he was just a customer at uh, Central Cigars at the time in 
uh, Lawrence, Kansas. And then we, again, a relationship has just developed. Uh, he was nice enough to come on the show. I had a great time with him. He's just a blast. He's a good we, cat. We yeah. play well off of each other. He'll actually be, we always, I always tell people, I told him on the show too, we always invite people back. We've only done like nine shows, but I'm like, come on back on the show sometime. We'll talk again. Yeah. You know why? Because I got to get back up because I call people. Hey, you want to be guests on the show? We shoot on <laughs> Tuesdays. And they're like, I don't know if I can make it. Well, we've already rented the studio, so I got to find somebody. Oh. I'll just call Trey. Hey, you want to be on the show again? He's egotistical. He'll come back in a heartbeat. <laughs> but he's a, he's a great guy. Great guy. So we just do it for fun. It's, it's the same thing that I did in cigar shows. Yeah. There was one gentleman, Mark Sandler, great guy. I've never met him in my life. We just know each other from Facebook or whatever. I reached out one time, put a post out saying something about we're going to have a show. Anybody want to be guests? He's like, I'll be a guest. I'm like, so I had a guest actually lined up. I don't know if I ever told Mark this story. I had a guest lined up, and he canceled last month. Okay. Uh, a couple days before. It wasn't like he canceled that day. Yeah. But a couple days before, he goes, I'm not going to be able to do this. And it was an in-studio guest. And, and I, so I put out a post. I said, who wants to be a guest? I need somebody. Mark's like, I'll do it. Great guy. He's, a, I think, a financial guy, okay. uh, investment guy. He's uh, in, in Philadelphia, just outside. Uh, knows Bobby uh, Levin, Holtz, and all that. Hangs with those guys. Cigar smoker. Had him on. Never, We never really had a conversation. He sent me a little bit of a bio. And, again, just a friendship over the airwaves that has developed or through social media. And that common bond is cigar smokers. And it was amazing. The same things we have to talk about. Interesting. So, yeah, it's a name. We, we don't care who we piss off on the show. We really don't edit anything. We tell people what it, but the only editing we do is they'll put up a graphic. Everybody gets a nickname. Okay. Uh, that comes on my show. Um, what was Trey's nickname? Uh, Honeydew. Honeydew. <laughs> Honeydew. Because of the size of his head. I was going to say, his head kind of looks like a melon. Yeah, so, yeah. well, <laughs> you know, when I said watermelon, it's more like a honeydew, and it's funny because I usually pick the nicknames out from things, and uh, he goes, let Monk do it. And Monk came out after the show, and he goes, dude, you got to go with Honeydew. Look at that head. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so it's Trey Mack, Honeydew Shipley. But everybody gets a nickname. Uh, it's just something we do. We're, we're, and we're, we're not as, as eloquent and professional as you are on your show. <laughs> but uh, we, I have fun doing it. I got an ego. I like watching myself on YouTube. I'll admit it. I don't yeah. care. Uh, we got other people that are following. We're just building it up. It's something to do. It's a good way to launder money. Yeah. Don't worry about there, it. There you go. I get a kickback. <laughs> but no, it's a, it's a lot of fun. We'll have some other shows coming up. We do about two a month. Okay. Uh, if we don't get bumped. We got bumped last week. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. Chris is getting big time. Oh, I, man. Another one he had to do when I got time. Like, <laughs> Hope you're not mad. I'm like, I'm, nah, I'm pissed off. Beebs, I'm not mad at you yet. <laughs> but uh, it's just fun. And it, we, we talk about the same thing that always happened in the cigar shop. Yeah. We don't to... really delve into hardcore politics or anything like that. Yeah. There's times I will start to slip and go, just keep it, you know, happy. But Gator likes to do that periodically. It's just guy. <laughs> it's just guy talk. Um, yeah, we'll talk about things in life in general. A lot of it's interview to a point, just to hear their stories. Which I did that anyway, mm-hmm. so it's fun. But yeah, we like doing the the the, uh, the video part of it. It's it's a good time. Very cool. So. Let's talk about the cigar for a minute. Um, I need to get a drink of my cool beverage there. So, I have uh, we have the Agua. You're touching yours up because, uh, as we've pointed out, we're in a wind tunnel and and you've been talking. So, mm-hmm. um, you gotta gotta relight yours a little bit. So, yep. I'm much further ahead than you because 
Oh, I haven't been talking. So I uh You're a good listener. I you know You make me feel important. I'm an interviewer, you know. I, I it's my skill from the newspaper side of things. You know? Well, you know we're actually going to have to extend the invitation now to have you on the show sometime. Well, I would like that very much. I don't know if the studio is big enough for you and Gator, but... Well, you know. He might G- get Gator's not here, so... Yeah, you know, so you know what? The invitation's out on the table now. Say, would you like to come on my show sometime? I would very much like that. That would be fun. That In the studio, great. is that okay? Oh, that's oh, perfectly fine. Right. We can go have a cigar afterwards. Sounds too. like a plan. So, yeah. what are you getting with the uh, Yagua here? I'm getting more... Almost a, a little bit of a leather undertone on that. Okay. Uh, have you ever heard the word cordovan? It, no. This goes back old days. Okay, so I'm older than you. I remember, and this is a smell and it, and it tastes like it, penny loafers. Okay. The old penny yeah, yeah, loafers, yeah. that burgundy color. It was called cordovan. Okay. And that shoe polish always had a certain smell to it. A certain, obviously, olfactory is going to be in that mouth. Yeah. So I'm getting a little bit of leather, more of a cordovan, uh, a semi-sweetness. Okay. Uh, but a dull. Let me know, like, because like I said, I'm probably at about right at the edge of the final third mm-hmm. here. You're at about maybe the halfway, about halfway point. Mark. When you start getting further down in that second half or second third, let me know if you start picking up any sort of spice. I'm getting like little tingles in the mouth. Just not, not, it's not heavy. It's not big. It's not very present, but just little just on hints the back of, it, side of it, little back side of it, a little bit in the retro hail, just a little bit. It's gotten thicker in the taste yes. The, the the smoke has a viscosity to it, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. That it lingers a little more, so you, the oils are building up inside the palate. Okay, so it's a little chewy, even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and that's a, a phrase. I'm a Scotch guy, and that's the phrase you use with Scotch. And it is where I'm after the exhale. It, I'm still moving that tongue around, and going, "Oh yeah, there's yeah. a little something there. There's a little, a little something on that side." Yeah, it's a. It, I'll tell you what, it's a good burning cigar for the wind tunnel. Yeah, it's held up well. It has held up and really, even, and. I mean, my burn line, you know, I'm being a little generous with it considering, you know, the wind and everything like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Burn line's been really, really good. Construction's been great. I haven't had an issue with that. See, when you got video going, we could go look at this one look right at that. here. Look yeah, at that. Right. Right. No, this is, look at the, honestly, look at the, the line on this. I oh, yeah, really, you have a really solid I only had to touch it up one line. time because it was sitting there getting, and the wind was blowing a little harder. Yeah. So it's got a tight line on it. It's got a great carbon ring. It's got a nice flavor. I would call it more of a midday smoke for me. Yeah. Um, it's something that you could enjoy, but I think you don't have to think about it. Yep. If that makes sense. No, it does. It it's, totally does. You, there's times you walk into the humidor or whatever and you go, I want this. I, you know, you, I don't want it's. This is a solid, like, I want a cigar. I'll go to that. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. It's a good, it's a good stick. So, okay. So going into the humidor, you're going into a humidor. What are you finding? What, are, what, what, what are you smoking these days? Me, I'm smoking stuff I got left over from the interrupt. Well, okay. Uh, but no, uh, I smoke a lot of Perdomo. Okay. I'm a big fan of, of uh, the champagne of always. Yep. That's just always a good cigar. Yep. Uh, still smoke Rocky, Fuente. I'm on a Zeno Nicaraguan kick right now. Yep. Man, that's good. It's a good cigar, especially for the price point. I know. I mean, it's a, it's a solid cigar for that price it point. It is. And it's really good. Uh, big fan of AJ's. Yeah. Anything he does. I'm really a big fan of I When I started smoking premiums, uh, you could get, and I would buy, I was a kid. I was 20 something, 20 years old. I would get Tiamo. Everybody uh-huh. knew Tiamo. I miss that cigar still. My dad loves that cigar, and he actually found some at this place in Indianapolis. And he sent two of them to us to uh, when we were doing the Battle of the yeah. Budgets. 
and we ended up doing like a subsequent episode where it was listener suggestions, and we smoked that one. And the thing that impressed me more than anything about the Tiamo was it was a solid, it was a, it was a good cigar. It was a solid, you know, everything, you checked off the boxes on it. But more than anything is the fact that we let that thing sit while we tried other cigars and we came back to it. And every time it was still lit and still going. Yeah, it's called a dashboard test, too. It was great. Leave a cigar in the car overnight, yeah. light it up the next day and see if you can smoke it or not. Yeah. That, that's a market. Well, we did that we, all the time. We didn't even need to light it back up. I mean, wow, it was still, still sitting burning. there. It was still burning Smalling and everything. Around. I mean, you maybe had to draw on it a little oh, bit yeah, to, get to get it going, it going. again. But um, it was still going. No, and I like so those. That, I liked that. Yeah, I smoked. I mean, I would do bundles. I did macanudo. And I still smoke macanudo today. I, yeah. I hate when guys are like, oh, macanudo's full air. I'm like, dude, it's a great morning cigar. I get up at 4.30 in the morning almost every day, go downstairs, make coffee for the wife, take it up to her, and then I go back downstairs and putzing around with business or whatever else. And I'll usually have like a, uh, a little, oh, I can't even think of the name of it. It's a little small petite Corona one. They do it in a tube. I can't think. It's not the Hampton Court, but I'll have that. Yeah. And a cup of coffee in the morning. Uh, it's a great cigar. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I smoked I smoked the whole gambit. But there's those are the ones I tend to go to, like an Ashton once in a while. Yeah. Got to be in the mood for that, though, and that's definitely a morning cigar for yeah. me. There's, their uh, Virgin Sun is a great cigar. Yeah. Uh, my father does great stuff. So, yeah, I pretty much do anybody and everybody because I, I basically grew up with all these guys. Yeah. I was in that business when they were all starting and everything. So I've seen some great stuff come out. I've seen some crappy stuff come out. Seen some stuff that's gone away. Thank God it did. Other ones I missed. <laughs> One of the first cigars I smoked when I was smoking, let's say, higher end was uh, H. Upman, the okay. old Cameroon. And they did. I still have about four boxes. Of them. I got to walk in humidor in my yeah. house. And I still got about four boxes of those things. Wow. And when they're gone, they're gone. I don't care. I mean, people come over. I'm like, grab a cigar, and they go, "Well, this, this is all you got." I'm, I don't care. I got ten thousand cigars. <laughs> I'll find something to smoke. But I like what uh, what they used to do, and I love the collaboration between AJ yes. on the Upman. Yes, I think that is one rock it's solid cigar. cigar. God, that is so good, yep. especially. And I've done the tour, and I'm more of a reboot. I'm really a Corona. Uh, I'll do Lanceros once in a while. I find because I got to blend. Uh, and work on blends with Ralph Montero, okay. uh, who's the partner at Alec Bradley. And I learned a lot from Ralph. And, you know, I had a good palate. And I'll say that because he told me that. So if Ralph tells me I got a good palate, and Ralph knows his shit, man, let me tell yeah. you. He knows his stuff. He's great. Um, I like that kind of stuff. So I like those solid cigars. I like just about anything. It just depends on the mood. Okay. Uh, the La Roma de Cuba. Yeah. That's a good stick. I'll tell you the one that um, I've been smoking a lot of, and I know you like it as well, is the uh, Romeo the Julieta, the, the Reserva Real. Oh, the, yeah. The Nicaragua. Yes. Which is also an that's AJ That's an AJ one, too. Dude, I've been I smoking had one of those that the other like night. freaking God, chimney. that's good. Have you ever had it's a It's the chi- best Romeo that I think is out right Oh, I now. think so, too. I, 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 I cannot find another Romeo that I think I like. Have you ever night. smoked the Romeo? No, just the Romeo. Yeah. No. That is, try that. Okay. Try that. That is a good cigar. I think they came out with that cigar. It's not for a Romeo smoker. Okay. I think it got lost in the shuffle. The guys were expanding their palates. Yeah. Because you go back to before the boom uh, in the 90s, guys were like cigarette smokers to a point. They only smoked 
one thing because there was only so many brands. Yeah. There was Macanoo in a white box, Punch in a blue box, Hoya in a brown box. Biggest mistake they ever did marketing was putting bands on the Rothschild. Because <laughs> you would run, they never had, did you not know this? No. They never had bands on the Rothschild. And okay. they came in a box of 50. Okay. And they came out of the same factory. I swear to God, it's the same freaking cigar. So if you ran out, and I had this happen, I did this. I'll admit to it now. Okay. Statue of limitations are over. They can't sue me. <laughs> you'd run out of punch. So you'd open a box of Hoya, and you'd just put them in the punch box. Guys would come in, and they go, you don't have any punch Rothschilds. I got some Hoya de Monterey. Not the same thing. Yeah. Take it out, put it in. There was no ban on them. When they started banning them, it just ruined it. Yeah. Because you're like, well, now I can't do that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you had, like I say, punch in the blue box. You had Fuente. Fuente wasn't anybody back in Day. Yeah. During the before the boom, before Marv hooked in with him, they still put cigars in consignment from what I heard. Really? Yeah. And they make it they've really stepped up their game though. Yeah. I mean, they make some quality stuff. Have you ever tried Chillin' Moose from General? I have. I I'll tell you what, for that's a, one of for those a budget cigar. Yep. No, that's a tasty cigar too. That's a good cigar. Yeah. But you gotta like that heaviness. Because mm-hmm. it is heavy. I, yeah. But no, I've I've a big fan of Crown Head stuff. Uh, Christoph, Glenn Case, his Have you cigars. had the uh, 2021 uh, Las Calaveras yet? Not yet. Ah, damn. That was another one I was thinking about for today, actually. Mm. So. I really like their stuff. And Brian McGee, who's the rep, who I know. I don't know Uber or anybody. I mean, I've met a lot of these guys. Mm-hmm. We're acquainted if we saw each other. You know, we'd know each other, give that nod as we walk. Uh, some of the guys I knew better. Um but, yeah, the stuff that the Crown Heads puts out. Yeah. They're just based down in, what, Nashville, right? Yeah. 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 He was. He started. It's weird. Uber started when CAO was around. Uh-huh. And CAO was actually in the humidor business. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Ojana, uh, I can't think of his first name. Tim is his son who took over. He eventually sold out. Uh, but they were humidors, and they started coming out with their own lines, the CAO line. They did great. Then they ran out of tobacco, and they went to shit. <laughs> uh, then they came back, got more tobacco and everything. They do a good cigar today. Again, yeah. uh, I like the, uh, what is it? The, uh, not diesel. God damn it. They have one, the carb. It's got the little pinup girl oh, in the thing. The, um, yeah, it's the, uh, the block. Big block is the 60. What, what, yeah. Um, damn it. I know what you're talking you about. You know which now. one we're yeah. talking about. Yeah, CAO. But, uh, and uh, do I get to put up my address later so they can send me more stuff? Because I'm that oh, mooch yeah. now. Yeah. Okay, we'll, okay. We'll, we'll good. totally, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll hoard this out. It's yeah, fine. <laughs> fine. Now I'm feeling really comfortable. But, uh, no, they do some good stuff now, too. But, yeah, they, they started out. Well, Uber started out. I think he was in the warehouse, if I remember the story right. Okay. He was like packing and stuff like that. Uh, from what I remember reading an article about him, that he started doing like. Cigars were hot. You know, it was the boom time and everything. So he started doing like a, a he was on one of the radio stations, I think, uh, doing um, like cigar reviews and things like yep. that. And they didn't know he was doing it, which was, they were all cool with it and everything. And then he went and uh, became sales and everything. He's really good. They get to work with Ernesto Carrillo, who I got to meet 25, 30 years ago. Uh, that's one guy. Uh, we did blends and stuff for people. I got to work with some of the other folks when we do these. Uh, that's one guy I would love to do a cigar with. Yeah. He is just such a genuine guy. Um, started, well, his his dad, I don't know if you know the background on him. No, I he don't. Started, he, was a, he was actually one to be uh, a musician. Okay. He was in New York. And 
what's funny is people don't know the whole story. He was in New York. Came, Dad was getting older. Uh, Cuban family. A uh, lot of tradition in that. Uh, you take care of family. He came back. I mean, he and he will admit, or at least in my story, he will, um, that he wasn't going to make it, make it big time. You know, didn't have that. But he was a good jazz musician. Came back, but his dad sold him the company. He didn't just give it to him. A lot of yeah. people thought they, you know, Pop said, here you go. He's yeah. like, nope. He told his son, hey, you know, you went and did that. Now you're going to pay for this. But he ended up doing, I remember I would order cigars for him. I don't think he was supposed to ship. And it was just on a 8 by 11 piece of paper with the Charlemagne, the Wavelle, and everything else. And then he was the second biggest hit for Cigar Aficionado. He went from selling maybe a quarter million sticks a year. It's a forty million in back order on the Wavell when he got the rating oh, back wow. in the day. You know, that's another thing that's changed is the rating system. Yeah. I mean, for anybody to get a ninety, my God, now they give them away like it's no big deal. Getting them two for ten. Yeah. Yeah, anymore. Ooh. I mean, my God, if you're in the low eighties, then that's like a bad score for you and it's just There's I don't some know. there's some like sometimes there's guys like me though. Like when that lower score comes in, I'm like, good. You didn't pay for your advertising. I don't care. <laughs> now nobody will buy the hell out of this cigar either. Yeah. But there's so much stuff now. And, and guys have, it, you know, I think it's to a point slowed down on that. When I was on the road the last couple of years, I would ask guys, give me your top five cigars. Give me a handful of cigars. They go, what do you mean? Your top five. Yeah. And they would name Rocky, La Florida Minicana, Perdomo. And they would come up with another two. They kind of smoke those all the time. I yeah. think it slowed down where... That's where I think events are not as big as they used to be because guys are like, I just want to smoke my cigar. I want to hang out with my friend and smoke my cigar. Yeah. And I mean, their friends, that cigar. They know that cigar. They're comfortable with that cigar. They don't want to try anything new anymore. They're tired of trying it. I don't think guys try cigars right. When I had my shop, when I would rep and work the humidor and stuff, guys would come in and go, give me, give me, give me one of those, one of those, one of those. And I was always like, take three. And they're like, well, yeah, but I want to. I said, look, if you try out of my line three different cigars, you automatically compare it to what you smoke on a regular basis. Yeah. You don't say I like it. You'll say you like it, but you'll say, but it's not my Romeo. Yeah. It's not my agent. you got to find what attributes are in that cigar, how it holds up to a drink, how it holds up to a meal, how it holds up just smoking it, you know, whether it draws well and everything else. But, I mean, the days of... Changing, you know, when you get a new cigar come out, it's pretty much solid. I mean, there was a lot of shit that went on in the cigar business where guys would were not from Cuba or yeah. you know from Nicaragua or whatever, and they went down there. The the gringos who got into the cigar business yeah. back during the boom, and they would negotiate pricing. And what happened was, you know, people in America know the more you buy here, mm-hmm. the less you pay. Mm-hmm. Down there, it doesn't work that way. You know, if you're paying, and we'll just do simple math, okay. a buck a stick, and you order 10,000 cigars, and you would renegotiate pricing if some were not drawing or whatever else, um, and you would go back, now you need, now you got a rating, you need 100,000 cigars. Now it's a buck and a half, or a buck 75 a stick for that tobacco. Who's good marketing back there for those guys. Wow. But then they would say... But I've got this tobacco, just like it. I'll give it that for buck the stick. And the guys would take a cigar they liked for a year or so, and they'd smoke something new and go, this isn't the same. Thank you. This isn't the same cigar. Yeah. And so, I mean, now the, the companies are big enough, and the ones have become solidified. 
Uh, there's still new startups I see once in a while. It's hard. If you flip through the old magazines, yeah. look at how many cigars aren't there anymore Yeah, that have disappeared. So are there any that maybe have disappeared that you, I mean, you mentioned the uh, the Upman Cameroon earlier, but other than that, is there any other cigar that maybe used to be out that you can't get now that you're just sitting back going, God, I wish I would have been able to get some oh, of those? More? Yeah, there was one company, um, Habana Gold. Okay. They were East Coast guys started. They made a great cigar. It was the Havana Gold Silver. Uh, just had this almost metallic taste to it. It was mm-hmm. just a, it sat well on the palate. They went out of business. Uh, Mi Cubano, they used to pack in a, in a palm leaf, is how they packed theirs. It was a great cigar. Now they got bought, I think, by General. They changed that blend. They had to it. Uh, besides that, there's not a lot that have gone away. Some of it, it, it gets to the point where some cigars go away because you got to look at production cost. Yeah, you're selling X amount of cigars. You're selling half a million sticks of this. You're selling four million of that. You got to make a business decision. Is it worth continuing on? Continuing, with it? yeah. On. But is is these guys have made more consistent product, uh, better construction, better tobacco they're using? Now, if something goes away, people are still like okie dokie. And you know, guys get in the habit of smoking cigars. They forget why they start, why they smoke something, and they go back to it. And they're like, "I never quit yeah. because you've got so many choices now." Yeah, you've got a dozen cigars. So let me ask: We're, I, you know, maybe not so much this year because it feels like with 2020, you know, whatever issues maybe happened with the manufacturers through COVID, um, possibly you can attribute some of it to. Uh, uncertainty with FDA regulations and whatever yeah. else. Um, there hasn't been quite as many of the limited, but it seems like for the last number of years, there's been a lot of like the limited releases. And and to an extent, you know, we're smoking the Agua today. It's a thousand boxes released one time, you know, this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was released last year about the same time and everything. But it's it, kind of a limited release. So I mean, but but you have you have some companies that it seems like they thrive. Almost on the limited releases, and less so on their core line. And right. So, what are your thoughts on on limited releases? I think then? limited releases, most of the time, in my opinion, are great marketing. Okay. It's kind of like here in Illinois. Well, yeah, we're still in Illinois. We're close, though. We're close to Missouri. We're in God's country. In yes, Illinois, we are. <laughs> but uh, Yingling beer, yeah, example, can't get it. Yeah. People want it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yingling's not the, They make some great beers. But the regular beer is on the line of stag, paps. It's just a beer. Yeah. But you can't have it. Uh, I think that's the same way with limited releases. I think some of the cigars are freaking fantastic. I wish it would have more. It's, maybe they only had so much tobacco. Other times, I think it's or a lot of times, I think it's marketing that it only comes out once a year. So you're more apt to buy a box of them. And you'll hurt yourself. I just burn myself. Just a yeah. little bit. Just a little bit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and cap that off there. But uh, so I, th- I think part of it is 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 really marketing behind it. You know, it's only coming out once a year. Um, it's only going to be there. Is it that great necessarily? It's that you can't get it. Yeah, you know, it's like when you have. I still today people ask Cuban cigars. Yeah, I've done them for forty years. Most of the time, you get them. They're counterfeited anyway. Yep. I just we, when people would come into the shop and I said I would tell you know did you enjoy it? Yep. And it was a Cuban cigar. It's all that matters. It's all that matters. You know, even though you told me the story that you went down to Mexico, you went to the SA shop, <laughs> and he was charging you twelve dollars for a Series Four Partagas in like a glass top case. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, or and you're like, I'm not paying that. And some guy walked up to you on the beach, had a duffel bag full of cigars, my, my friend. My cousin works in the factory, and he yeah. takes them out the back door. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, I'll let you have them, senor. Three for five dollars. Oh, it was the best <laughs> cigar I ever had. And you take guys, you know, that don't smoke that heavy, because they are heavier cigars. Yeah. It's the enjoyment. It's most of the time, I can tell you, you know, as a rep, and I wasn't the only one who got asked, all the reps, what's the best cigar you've ever had? That was a question. And most people had a, we all had a pat answer, the same answer, the one I got right now. There you go. There was the one. I had great times, my brother's wedding. But uh, they, they since went out of business, I love those. And I, uh, El Sublimato. Okay. It was cognac infused. Um, she was a sweetheart. Um, there was a long history with that, too. Her old man had the, the, the business before she took over to the room, did great. It was family fight. There was a lot of family fights going on in those days when money started rolling in. It's amazing how that can run things. Yeah. Uh, it was a great cigar. I remember that one. I brought it for his wedding. Okay. But there's other times I was with folks uh, at a barbecue, at a Father's Day thing or something. I was on the road and just hanging out with some people. We had some of the greatest conversations and just fun, but I couldn't tell you what the cigar was. Yeah. But that cigar was beautiful that time. Yeah. You know, so it's more about the the experience of yeah. what, what you're doing when sure. you're smoking. This is so this, this is this is a vehicle. Yeah. A vehicle to conversation, to drinks or whatever. I think even the drinks are, are conversation. You know, are, are vehicles. It's not it's about who you're with, your mood, everything else. You can take a cigar, have a great day. Fish up the podcast and go, damn, I rocked it out. And you're smoking whatever. You're smoking a Perdomo champagne. And you're going, man, this is good cigar. Yep. You're smoking anything from Aladino. Yeah, it's a great cigar. And there's other times you got a bad day. You know, the bills are coming due. Somebody dinged your car in the parking lot, didn't leave a note. You sit down and that cigar is comforting. It doesn't taste as good. I was, gonna, I was just, just about to say, it's not quite as good, though. You're uh-huh. right. It, it's kind of a... Your mood definitely impacts. Oh yeah, you know the cigar itself. Who you're with? Where you're with? Yep. Oh yeah, it definitely does. Well, very cool. Well, seeing as this is a Tuesday show, okay. Why don't we go ahead and do uh, the Ask the Boys segment, where listeners call in with their questions, and normally Gator and I would do this. Some of these can be kind of wretched, but you have fun with it. Okay. And uh, we'll I'm do good. This. I'm open. I'll say we'll do this. This will be fun. So. Shall we play a game? You talking to me? I have a question for you. You gotta ask me nicely. Ask me about my wiener! You got a question. You ask the APA. Come on, sucker. Let's get it on. Alright, guys, so it's time for Ask the Boys, where we answer your listener questions. And you gotta get those questions into us by calling the Ask the Boys hotline at area code 863-874-0000. Leave a message. Doesn't have to be about cigars. Can be about whatever you want. And uh, we will go ahead and kick this off with the first question now. Hey, fella, it's Clay. Guess what, motherfucker? <laughs> Cigars <laughs> I enjoyed recently. I thought I'd share with y'all. Um, number one is going to be the new uh, 2021 uh, Los Calaveras. Very good stick. Really, really enjoy that. I think it's the best one they've released in years. Um, the next one was a surprise to me, but the uh, Hammer and Sickle Connecticut Toro. Very creamy, very uh, good-tasting cigar for um, for not very much money. So um, 
definitely followed some advertising cues from the uh, from uh, Cigar Authority on that one. Saw one, thought I'd pick it up, and really enjoyed it. Um, and then finally, um, finally got my hands on a Ave Maria, and uh, yeah, that was that was a pretty good six or so. The three cigar that I've enjoyed recently, I thought I'd share with y'all. And uh, as far as I know, y'all requested a suggestion for different segments to do. Um, I'll keep thinking, but uh, off the top of my head, um, I think that uh, not enough attention maybe is given to cigar newbies um, and maybe just some like a segment on one fact or a couple facts or or some sort of uh, help, assistance, guideline, something, I don't know, regarding uh, uh, just Cigar Basics 101. So, um, anyway, that's all I've got. Y'all stay safe and stay smoky, and uh, look forward to listening to the show. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks, Clay. So, Clay, uh, on our Friday show, we, we do a thing where we talk about three cigars that we smoked and enjoyed this week. So, he showed uh gave us some of his cigars that he smoked and enjoyed this week and uh brought up that last calaveras yeah i know that just made my mouth water I say, we're, gonna, we're, we're gonna have to get you one of those i so. will i will get one i will find one but uh See, he had a good selection of cigars i was never i'll be honest though i, I now i'll have to try the, the he said the new hammer and sickle the hammer and sickle connecticut because yeah, yeah. i was never it was a good cigar uh, i'm never gonna knock anybody's cigar publicly yeah. so to speak <laughs> but i mean it just, for my palate, it never sat right. Okay. I was not a big fan of their stuff. Just not. But now, again, you get a suggestion. I'll go back and revisit. I've maybe had one. Uh, came in a uh, Cigar Authority show pack. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't bad. Um, I couldn't tell you what it was. Couldn't tell you That's anything about what I mean. it. It was, it was just, just it was a it was cigar. A cigar. There yeah. you go. Exactly. It wasn't anything I would go, wow. Yeah. It was just, eh, it was okay. Okay. Well, we'll have to look at that. So his other point, though, uh, Cigar Basics, um, we put out a call asking for any suggestions for any uh, segment ideas that people may have. And uh, I don't know. Do you have any any quick hit Cigar 101 Basics people need to know? Oh, the just the same thing that gets hammered all the time. But uh, respect when you're in a cigar shop. You smoke what is in that cigar shop. Yes. You don't bring other cigars. No, you don't. Um Always support that brick and mortar. Uh, one thing is, in, and this was always a crawl where somebody would say, I can get it, and I understand online sales, yeah. but I can get it for this to a cigar owner. But he's also, especially nowadays, where you're so limited to go, Yeah, you've got to support that owner. You've got to have that. But etiquette is just take opinions from other folks, because nobody, every now and then, again, we always go back to that one guy. What are you smoking that crap for? That's a, yeah. you know, no way, dude. He's smoking it for a reason. So learn from other people when they tell you stuff, but still form your own opinion. I mean, I'm not a ratings guy. Yeah. If I like the cigar, I like the cigar. And I think that's one thing newbies need to find is if you like it, it's a good cigar. It doesn't matter what other people say. The other thing is, too, we mentioned earlier was work with a cigar for a while. I'm not saying you got to buy a box, but if you're trying something new, Go through four or five sticks before you make that judgment call on it. I think you'll you, you'll find those attributes. You'll find what you like about it, what you don't like necessarily. Uh, when you like to smoke it, 
And sometimes it comes to down to who you're with again. Yeah. You might have had that, that Ave Maria with a friend. And it was a great time. That has a big play into it. But the biggest thing is, do you like it or not? That's the first rule of thumb. Very cool. All right. Moving on to the next call here. Howdy, boys. Uh, this is, well, I left a message uh, last time. You answered it on this last show. This is Tuesday. And, uh. Listen to my message, I realized I forgot to leave my name, a rude man. The one that took a dump. You inspired me to do that. Um, my name is Kingston from Wyoming, and I just wanted to say thank you very much for answering my questions, you guys. Uh, yeah, well done. Thank you. Uh, first thing is first, the cereal challenge. Uh, I, I only bring this up because, Nick, I think you got to, I think it's easy. You know, I think that's a problem for anybody with any skills, so... My wife actually just did it because she bought the generic one because she thought it was cheaper. And I said, ugh, she don't mind it, but I prefer the original. Anyway, she said I couldn't figure out the two. And so, you know, I went and bought a box of regular. Anyway, fucking easy. I did it. It is it's easy. not a problem. Now, granted, you're going to have more cereals. It's going to be, you know, you're going to be under the spotlight. But I got faith in you. Good luck. And I think that ESG hopefully will be coming your way. Um question i got two questions one would be right now i'm smoking a macanudo black inspirado i think uh, one of my coworkers gave this to me have you ever had one of these and i looked it up it doesn't have a sweet tip but there's something sweet on this and not it's like on the tip there it didn't say advertise have you ever had one your thoughts is it a good cigar in your opinion etc etc and then the other one I uh, work in a stressful, let's see, my job is in law enforcement, very stressful, and I'm wondering if I can get uh, like a box of sticks for my coworkers. Some of them are into cigars, a couple of them are really into them, um, but are there like are there cigars that would be good for stress and that are kind of funny, or do you have one that you smoke when you're stressed out? And then I guess the secondary part would be if I'm going to buy a box of sticks for the boys, at work, uh, are there any pig-oriented or law enforcement bacon stuff like that that might raise a chuckle, but uh, won't break the bank? Because you don't make very much money. Anywho, though, I appreciate it. Uh, stay smoky, gentlemen, and have fun at your uh, lounges. I don't have a lounge in Wyoming because shit in Wyoming. Super. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of quiet except it was okay. Well, stay smart, guys. Thank you for answering my question. Bye bye. Okay, so first of all, the Macanudo Black what Inspirado? I think yeah. you said. I haven't had one. Have you had I have one? I've not had that. I've had the Inspirado. Some of the Inspirados. Yeah, I, I really like the orange. Uh, one they have, because uh, they've got a white, red. I didn't know they had a black, okay. to be honest. I haven't seen it. Uh, I like what they've done in general. I've never had the black, but I think Macanudo did a great job when they went away from trying to make... I mean, they've come up with some losers, dude. Yeah. I mean, Diablo, three-time loser. <laughs> brought that back. Stradivarius. Uh, I think when they went back to what they did, have done well for so many years and just built upon that line. Yeah. I think that Inspirado is a rock-ass cigar for what they do. I really, and that's a cigar that you can take a novice 
he'll enjoy it. You can take a seasoned smoker and he'll enjoy it. Maybe at different times, but it's 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 a it's a solid cigar all the way around. Okay. Now I'll have to try the I'll have to find the black and try that track too. down a black. So then his other question was regarding buying a box of cigars for the boys at uh, at work there. He I think wanted something that kind of had a little bit of law enforcement baked into it and everything. The one that came to mind for me, I don't know if you're familiar with it, there's the Los Kaidos cigars. Um, they make two cigars, one with a blue band, one with a red band, signifying police and fire. And I believe the purchase of those, um, they make donations to um, foundations that help with the families of uh, fallen police and fire right. and everything like that. And so I would I would say maybe look into Los Kaidos. Definitely. Know, do you have any other thoughts on that at Not all? That, I know there's some other ones that are out there. Yeah. Uh, they're usually online, guys. They'll do something. They'll have a star. We did one for uh, the FOP up in Kansas City. Uh, and Mayo went national. It never did happen, but we were actually talking to the to the whole thing. And, and the one shop that had that brought in, it was through a, a cop uh, that I met up in Kansas City. We used to hang okay. out at this shop. And he donated uh, pretty much net. You know, So he donated everything he made. Yeah. You know, it cost him X amount of dollars. And all the profit went to to that uh but they're not around anymore okay. that one but i know there's ones out there it just you you got to be careful on that just because you know some guys will slap a sheriff star on there and hey and sometimes it could be a good cigar sometimes it's not yeah yeah but getting a box of cigars for his buddies and stuff because he mentioned some guys are novices yes and some what i what i like you know if you stay along the line especially if they're not smokers something in my opinion in a dominican line yeah uh, it's a good stress reliever. And one is like the curly head. I mean, you know what? If you're chewing on it because you're having a bad day, if you're smoking it, that can help. But if he wants to get a, you know, get a box, that's great. What I would do, though, is is look at uh, maybe a box for the novice guys. And for the guys who do smoke, step it up and get them something they like. Yeah. Or get them something you like and turn them on to that one. Yeah. Uh, spend a little, you know, spend a couple of bucks on it. I mean, there's some great things we mentioned, like Chillin' Moose. There's some other lines out there that... Uh, uh, make a good cigar at that five dollar that budget smoke. Yep, but it's whether they're going to enjoy it or not, whether they're going to smoke it. Yeah, I mean, something that I, I I get where you're going. Something that's good but isn't going to break the bank. Um, I know that the uh, well the Tatascan Yellow Series mm-hmm. from Aladino they um, they that won our battle of the budgets, and I'll tell you, it's a good cigar. It's not super oppressive to where a novice so, uh, smoker would have issues with it, right. but at the same time, it's got a little bit of something that I think an experienced smoker would appreciate. Yeah. Oh, so, definitely. You know. definitely. That's what you got to look for. you got to look for, because you're not going to please everybody's palate, so to no. speak. When you got the novices, it's it's a matter of, it's getting something that's good. And there's a lot of cigars in that, we'll call it $5 range. Yep. That are rocking it out. Sometimes yep. it's a, you know, there's nothing wrong with a bundle cigar either. No. There's some good bundle sticks out there. It's just packaging. But, you know, it's it's a matter of just finding something more mild, I think, for the novice guys. Uh, the other guys should like it, too. Again, it's going to become that camaraderie thing. Yep. You know, you're a bunch of cops having a bad day. Couldn't fit a set of stairs in the trunk. You need to relieve stress somehow. <laughs> there you go. All right, well, here's our next call. Hey, this is uh, Noah calling, and I would like to thank you, Nick, for agreeing uh, to give all the listeners and ESG by Ashton. That is very generous of you. I didn't do that. 
I do have a minor bone to pick with you. Um, I enjoyed the White Lotus based on your recommendation. <laughs> However, I think that uh, could have been warranted for uh, the warning that a man eating another man's ass that was a bit uh, unexpected, which uh, begs the question, what is my monthly cigars? <laughs> oh, my God. So uh, he's referencing the White Lotus on HBO. It's a like, six-episode series and whatnot. And, yeah, it's uh, we talked about that at one point, and it's, a, it's an interesting show in that you feel like something's going to happen throughout the whole thing. And in my opinion, it kind of like fell flat in the last episode. It was like nothing really to it. So don't break your neck going to see it since you don't watch much TV. I'm or not going to spend that kind of money. It's okay. So, um, but yeah, but yeah, I did forget about that. That that that's true. I guess I didn't bring that up. It didn't really register to me as something to like warn people about. Like, hey, yeah, there's this dude eating another dude's ass. But um, what are you going to do? So. And uh, as for what My Monthly Cigars is, My Monthly Cigars is a premium cigar subscription service where you can get a box of cigars sent to your door every month. Uh, Jeff and I get the uh, El Presidente, which is eight cigars for 50 bucks. He also has the Robusto box, which is four cigars for $30. The El Presidente is two of everything that's in the Robusto box. So you can, if you have a buddy or something like that, you can sit and compare and or as you're bringing up, you know, maybe you need a couple of cigars to uh, to compare, you know, and and get get a thought on that specific cigar. Now you got two of them to smoke and everything. Yep. I like the way I like the the two cigars. Though, you mentioned share with a buddy because yeah. that's that's always more fun. Oh, I agree. You know, the best cigar. I, I mean, I like I like. I mean, I'll smoke by myself, but but smoking with somebody, I think, is so much better. Oh yeah. So. But uh, both of those boxes are covered by the MSRP guarantee, stating that the value of the cigars within the box is guaranteed to meet or exceed the price of the box. And if you use the offer code PULPIT, P-U-L-P-I-T, gets you free shipping on your first box or 20% off any of the items in Nick's online store where he's got cigars and accessories and other fun stuff over there at MyMonthlyCigars.com. We always tend to, for some reason, bring up the MMC stuff after it, it didn't have it, It's not on purpose. Although this one apparently was. Um, but for some reason, his ad seems to always come up after we've talked about shit or something. I don't know how it's an it algorithm. Happens. Well, it, it's... I, I don't want people to think that, like, you know, they're correlated in any way, shape, or form, you know. It's just but the luck of the draw, it, unfortunately. Well, for Nick, yes, yeah. it, exactly. So, all right. Well, we'll go ahead and move on to the next question here. Hey, fellas, it's Trent. This is my cigar account on Instagram. I was just calling, curious about um, the whole uh, Top Shooters pulpit takeover. Oh, Nick, if we're doing a live episode that day, I recording didn't... it no. at Top Shooters, streaming it, you know, no, no editing, raw and uncut. No. Um, are you going to have enough mics for everybody, or no. should we be bringing our own? What's the plan on that because i've got a headset i could bring uh if i need to but uh just curious let us all know thanks you listeners have taken this way too far so the riverman event on saturday september 25th yes i we've got a lot of listeners that are coming in from out of town and everything and so i've spoken with the fine people at top shooters here and basically 
on that Friday, the 24th, we're kind of just going to take over the outside here for a little while. Have a bunch of people out here eating, drinking, smoking cigars, just having a good time. Let everybody kind of meet and greet and have a nice time that Friday because folks are coming in for the weekend, you know, and everything, nice. right? Be a nice weekend in St. Louis area. I agree. I'm leaving town, unfortunately, or oh. I show up. I'll be in Chicago. Oh, I'm sorry. Not really. Okay. It's okay. I'm enjoying the trip. My son just moved to Chicago. Oh, from okay. Colorado. So I'm getting to go see him. Well, that's so. good. Yeah, yeah that's good. Nice. So anyway, I extend this offer. I, I bring this up to the, the parishioners that, you know, we're going to be hanging out here and everything. And somehow this has turned into them thinking that I have offered to t- pick up the tab, which I have not. I have a number of them that believe that I am offering up my place for them to crash, which I have not. Um, some of them are talking about how I'm going to rent like a party bus and a party limo and everything to take them all over the place, which I have not. And now apparently Trent believes that we're going to be doing a live episode from here on that Friday. Raw and uncut. Which we are not. (laughs) So that is not in the cards. So Trent, you can leave your headset at home, buddy. There you go. So, all right, we got one more call here and then we'll go ahead and wrap up Ask the Boys. What's up, guys? It's Rob. Uh, my question for this week is, in the new island of Nicktopia, out there in the middle of the lake, if you could only bring one food group with you, so pizza, Chinese, buffalo wings, along those lines, what would it be? This would be your only source of food while you're out there. Have a great day, and stay smoking. Well, now, Okay. Little backstory there. Throughout COVID, I've been telling everybody that my solution to this whole issue is that I need to just buy a private island and declare a sovereign nation for myself. And I have my little house and I have a dock and I can have a boat and I'll, you know, establish trade relations with the United States to where I can get like a shipment of stuff coming to me every week. And, you know, if a hurricane comes, I can bail out and go, you know, get safety and then come back and see what's left and everything, you know. But, but I, I figure that's the best solution to a lot of problems not just covid but but a lot of problems oh me and my friends have talked about having your own island see now okay the epstein island was for sale but my whole contention there i don't want to be the first one to buy it yeah it's kind of like the murder house Uh uh-huh you know it's got that taint to it and you just don't want to buy it right you got to let at least a couple people buy it and sell it beforehand so that eventually you're buying Joe Smith's Island. You're not buying the Epstein Island. Right. You, know? you definitely don't want to be that guy to buy the, no, the first buyer. You don't not want, a, you not don't, at all. Because then it's like, oh, you know, Snappy bought the Pedo Island. Yeah. You know, it's no. like, you don't want that. But anyway, so he, he's asking what food group, if I could only have one food group on my island, what that would be. And um, I don't know. Do you have thoughts? If you could only, if you were in this situation and you only had one food group available to you, what would it be? Vietnamese. Well, okay. That's, there you go. That's, How's that for commitment? I was going to say, that was very decisive and very quick, and uh, also a little off the beaten path. Yeah. Being a father. Uh, well, here's, and here's the backstory on that. Okay. So my wonderful son, Jonathan, I was giving name mentions, I don't know. Okay. He has a, um, I just, it's his, it's his, it's his lady. Her name's Kim Doe. She's okay. Vietnamese. They met a couple of years ago. Had a long-distance relationship. She was in Chicago. They met in Minneapolis at a wedding. Okay. Not too much of a backstory. I'm not going to tell you who got married. But. <laughs> uh, and we've always liked Asian cooking. Yeah. But the Vietnamese cooking. And she she came from, her parents left uh, during the Saigon 
time and everything. So they were transplants like a lot of folks coming over now, refugees. Uh, She grew up in Minneapolis, so very much a Vietnamese family. Uh, The cooking is freaking awesome. Really? Oh, my God. And she taught me how to finally make spring rolls. Okay. Uh, So any of the stuff, uh, there's a a couple. They're actually Korean um, on YouTube, Aaron and Claire. It's just a fun show. Yeah. So we'll watch a lot of stuff, make a lot of the stuff like that. So we don't need a lot of, I mean, we eat, trust me, I eat pizza, I eat plenty of red meat or whatever, but not what people think. Uh, so we do a lot of vegetarian style cooking, but it's more Asian style. Okay. So sometimes we may add a little meat. So yeah, there's so much you can do with that. Oh yeah, I can do that. I'll, I, I, I can live with that. Okay. All right. Um, I tend to default to a lot of uh, Mexican and Italian. Um I probably uh, probably would def- man if I got to pick between those two that's hard, but realistically, at least Mexican, I think I can change it up enough. There's different ingredients and things that I could do. But Italian, I mean, let's be real, you've got your pastas, you got oh yeah, you know, I mean, sauces and whatever else. I mean, but I'd probably have to default to Mexican. Put on the spot right now, but man, it'd be difficult. Well, there's only really. I mean, I like Thai food a lot. Yeah, I mean, there's, Thai food's really good too. And and you know, and, and the there's Asian. some days that by God, nothing more than just a great steak and a baked potato just is like oh, I know. all you want, you know. So, but yeah, it'd be difficult. There's only there's only like five ingredients in Mexican food. You just change the order. True. What's in the taco? <laughs> it's like you go meat, to, cheese, you know, lettuce. You go to Taco Bell, tomato, it's the same yeah. thing. You know, yeah. what's in the burrito? Cheese, meat, you just move one ingredient down, that's the whole Mexican menu. I like fajitas a lot. I do a lot with fajitas. I'm not a big fan of fajitas. Really? Yeah, it reminds me of Mongolian barbecue. It's just too, the meat's too steamy. Okay. You know, wet in there. Does that make sense? Without sounding wrong. But it's just, yeah, you know, nothing wrong with a wet piece of meat once in a while. (laughs) When you get... Really good fajitas, though. And they got to cook them down. They got to almost caramelize with the onions and yeah. the peppers and everything. Yeah. Then it's good. But I know exactly what you're talking about. When they do them and they just don't do them long enough. Right. And they come out. And, and they, they come they, out. It's not juice. It's steam yeah. dripping. Yeah. And I your, see. your vegetables are still borderline. Kind of. They have that snap to them and everything. It's like just not quite done yet. But, man, when you get them and they're really cooked down right and caramelized up and everything, those are good fajitas. But. Even places where I've found those type of fajitas, it's hit and miss. Sometimes you go and whoever's cooking that day, maybe just not quite right, you know. Yep. So, I don't know. But, yeah, I'd probably have to default to that. So, well, anyway, guys, this has been this week's Ask the Boys. And so, we need your questions. So, make sure you call the Ask the Boys hotline at area code 863-874-0000. <laughs> Well, we are going to now get a update from Gator on the road. And Gator has been traveling out to Colorado, but he took a swing through Kansas City this weekend to visit uh, Diebel's Sportsman's Gallery and visit the Kansas City Cigar Festival. So I did a little pre-recorded segment with him, and we'll go ahead and listen to that now. So we've got Jeff on the line. He's uh, traveling the heartland of America. So Jeff. Parts unknown. So, Jeff, where in the <laughs> hell are you? 
I'm wrestling under the the uh, assumed name of El Diablo. <laughs> See, <laughs> I like Ru- coming off the top rope. If you know what I mean, Rusty Shackleford is one of yes. my favorites. But you know, unfortunately, King of the Hill popularized it, so I can't use it now. Exactly. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, I, dude. Okay, so I I'm in Denver. Okay, and. I, I stayed last night in Kansas I, City. Actually, I, in in where did I stay? I stayed somewhere outside of Kansas City. Uh, I have to say that, first of all, before we go any further in this, I'm impressed that you're in Denver, Colorado currently on the phone with me talking, and you're, like, coherent. You're not, like, babbling incoherently and, and pissing yourself high as a kite on whatever ganja they have out there. Stone cold sober, buddy. <laughs> I have. It's I a family function, past, so you're trying to be good, aren't you? <laughs> well, I drove past a dispensary, but it wasn't accessible. And then I went out. My aunts are here; they're staying in the same hotel with me. And so we you all can't went out get got, too wasted. We well, we grabbed something to eat, and I was going to go get you know something after we ate. And uh, it was at that point that I realized my aunt needed help carrying one of her suitcases. I came back to the hotel, and by the time we got to the tenth floor. Because I'll, I'm not gonna lie to you, brother. I can't breathe out here. Well, yeah, there's less oxygen. We were all about to pass out just walking from the parking garage to get on the elevator and then circle around our room when we got to the tenth floor. Shit, Jeff, that happens to you in Indianapolis. Not like this. <laughs> there, okay, in Indy, my knee hurts, my back hurts, whatever. No, here, I can't get enough oxygen in my lungs. That's awesome. It is. Everybody said to watch out for that. And I just thought, oh, come on. No, no it's a thing. No, it's a true and honest thing. Yeah, it's a real thing. So uh, I did bring my uh, Primatine Mist inhaler, so I may have to start taking some hits off of that. You're going to be that little kid at the wedding, and you're just going to be like, pardon me, folks, I got to get the hit off my inhaler. <laughs> Take it a couple of times. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know exactly how that's going to go down. I know exactly how it's going to go down. You'll so, keep it in your pocket protector with your pens. Thanks. There you go. I'll, I'll paint some freckles on my face while I'm at it. <laughs> Put a little tape in the middle of your glasses. You'll yes. be set. There you go. I'll be set. Oh, Lordy. So, needless to say, I was not able to get pot tonight. It's like 10 o'clock when we're recording this, and I'm just, like, I'm exhausted. Right. My my aunt, my aunt, God love her, who's not in bad shape. She's older than I am, but not in bad shape. Had to stop twice walking. Could not breathe. To which you're like, hey, cool, two breaks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I I didn't point out that I was happy about it, but I took advantage. Okay. All right, then. So, needless to say. So, um, so let's we, review and recap how you got yeah. there, then. So, yeah. So, yeah. You, you left so, Illinois. I, I left Illinois and drove to Kansas City. And... I was out with friends on Friday night, some of my really close friends from high school, mm-hmm. and we were hanging out in Ava, Illinois, around a campfire. And about nine o'clock, I said, hey, guys, I got to go. And I left at one thirty. Oh, God. <laughs> so I get home and I get like a few hours sleep. My alarm goes off at 730 when I'm supposed to leave to get out to uh, Kansas City to enjoy the Kansas City Cigar Festival. At Diebel's. Yeah, at Diebel's. Yeah. So needless to say, 
Connery said, fuck you to the alarm. Oh, no. And went back to sleep. I, I luckily reset another alarm for like 8.45, and I finally drug my happy ass out of bed then. Just ran a comb through my hair, brushed my teeth, crawled into the uh, FJ Cruiser, and headed out. So I got I got to Diebel's about 1 o'clock or a little little after. So I wasn't really, you know, I didn't do too bad driving out there. It's about a four-hour drive from where I'm at in St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. And then I proceeded to take the next half hour trying to find a parking space <laughs> in in the country club plaza in kansas city in your and, bright yellow fj yes, branded up with a radio station that's all awesome. turns and everything else <laughs> and so I, well okay now i've got to circle back on something okay because full disclosure I was in my driving attire, not in my Sunday go to Diebel's attire. You so know? you were in sh- shorts, probably. And Gym shorts and a t-shirt. I, see, I was going to say no shirt with a schmog tied around your head, but okay. The schmog was in the backpack. I have it here. <laughs> of course you do. So I decide I have to change. Well, stupid me. I don't think I should change 10 minutes out of Kansas City. I realize that. When I'm downtown by the plaza. Where there's no parking. There's nowhere to hide. So <laughs> I finally pull over in like a really kind of a nope, not parking area along the road running to Diebel's. I circled past it and came back. So I park and then I'm thinking, well, people in these apartment buildings can see me. I can't change my clothes in front of them. So I ended up hanging up like a beach towel in the window to hide me. <laughs> So I strip off my shorts and strip off my shirt and I'm fighting like hell to get my shorts on without like grinding them into the floor and getting them all dirty. Uh And then I look up and there's this just random son of a bitch walking right at my car. Oh no. And I'm sitting there in my boxer shorts (laughs) and he's like, he's walking in the traffic lane, just walking like he's going to walk over and say hi. What the hell is going on? So I hurry up and I get my clothes on and I just put the blinker on and put it in drive and get ready to pull out. And then he steps away. I don't know if he was, if he was coming to like roll me for cash or was going to carjack me. I have no idea what was or going was gonna tell you, Hey, sir, you can't park that here. Sir, you can't change your clothes in the middle of Kansas exactly. city. <laughs> Apparently the decency police oh were coming God. over to talk to me. So, well, Diebel's is in a fairly nice little area there. So, it is. Yeah, they exactly probably were. Why they don't want vagrants frowning upon homeless-looking yeah. people changing clothes. Yeah, <laughs> in a bright yellow, in a bright paper. yellow. Yeah, nothing like an inconspicuous vehicle for you to do that in. By the way, exactly. Yeah, okay. So you know, it's, it's it's a hide in plain sight kind of vehicle until you want to hide. hide but, yeah, but it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. So I finally find a parking space. And I make my way up to Diebel's. Uh, you know, it's on the parking garage. You've been there before. Yes, so you yes, know what I'm talking exactly. About. They actually have this on the second floor above Diebel's, like a block down. And it's up in the parking garage. They put tents up. It's a really cool, like, deal that they do. Yeah, a little rooftop and party. I get up there and just proceed. I mean, granted, I only get an hour at this point. But yeah. I had a blast. Awesome. And... You know, got a chance to uh, to talk to uh, Kurt Diebel. And uh, if you want to, do you want to go ahead and play that? And then we'll circle back before yeah. we do some other interviews. I was going to say, you sent me some audio. So we'll go ahead and play the interview with Kurt Diebel now. 
And, okay, we're currently here recording with Kurt Diebel of Diebel Sportsman's Gallery at the Kansas City Cigar Festival. And, Kurt, um, I know we're wrapping up the event here. Kind of give us an idea of, you know, how the event's gone and what you think of the turnout. Oh, man, we've been blown away with the turnout. I think there was a bit of a pent-up demand, certainly with the COVID year that we took off last year. We sold out VIP in 10 days. We uh, sold out the event for the first time about a week and a half before. So, yeah, it's been great. That's, had a blast. that's awesome. And uh, kind of go down the list here, if you can, real quick, of just some of the vendors that you had. I know you just did a bunch of giveaways for the raffles. So, um, who all did you have here today? So I think we had uh, 17 different cigar vendors. We had uh, we lost two of them because of COVID with Fuente Newman and uh, Drew Estates. But we had Rocky, we had Perdomo, we had Davidoff, we had General, we had Forged, CLE, Ashton, EPC, Alec Bradley. Uh, there's about four more. Yep. <laughs> well, and I'm going to go around and get some audio. But, I mean, it is just a tremendous event. And I'll tell you, one of the best things about your event, besides the cigars, is the food. Kind of hit on that a little bit. Like, uh, where, how do you get the vendors in and, and pick the different choices? Right. So we offered fried chicken from Gus's World Famous Fried Chicken, which is uh, about a 10-minute drive from us. So they do a great job. We offered a uh, Mexican uh, street tacos from uh, Tio Cali, which is another one up on uh, Hospital Hill. That's, uh, you know, they, again, they do a great job. And then our third one for a meat. Uh, we belong to a country club here, and, and they do such a great job day in and day out with their meat. So we had, uh, last night we had for the VIP dinner, we had some burnt ends and some brisket and some pulled pork. And today we had hamburgers, brats, hot dogs, chicken. So, and they do a great job. That's awesome. So do you have a date pick for next year's festival? Every day, every year, we're the Saturday after Labor Day. Perfect. Well, Kurt, we really do appreciate your time. I know I had to pull you away from some of the housekeeping items you're doing right now at the end of the show, but thanks again for coming on with the Cigar Pulpit. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Okay, so, it, dude, I can't tell you how busy this guy was. It was right at the end of the, end of the event. They had just given away, like, the last of their Big Brother, Big Sister raffles. Yeah. Um, had some other raffles from some of the vendors. And I cannot thank Kurt enough for taking a couple of minutes to uh you know sit and talk with me that's awesome yeah and and i'll tell you what they they were really i call up and i need a ticket you know and mastercard won't work on their website which is a weird thing by the way i want to point that out yeah they explained to me mastercard you cannot use a mastercard for online tobacco purchases i've never heard this before but whatever i guess if you're going to use it like the company has to pay tens of thousands of dollars to be able to use it and it's just a mess so it's because mastercard does not want to do online purchases for tobacco because if some kid gets a cigarette you know they're they're going to get sued or whatever so they're really restrictive about that so i couldn't even buy the ticket for this event with a mastercard online so they were kind enough to let me come to the event and pay i think i'm the only one to my knowledge that they let do this but they wanted, you know, the pulpit to be there. So, so good on Kurt and Sam and all the guys there at uh, Devils for hooking us up and taking care of us. Definitely. Yeah. So, it, you know, I had some great food, and I know Kurt mentioned a couple of the vendors and things they had there. And then I went around and uh, got to spend some time with uh, some of the folks from the different, uh, you know, reps and manufacturers and things that were there. So, if you want to, do you want to? You want to go ahead and play the audio for those now? Yeah, yeah, I'll play the audio from and there's, the... Uh... There's about there's about seven or eight of them, so guys, hang with us, because 
you know, they all had, a, you know, some nice things to say about the event. And they also talk about like what's new with their particular line. So it's kind of informative. Okay. Well, we'll listen to those now. And now we have Jerry Gribb from EP Carrillo. And uh, Jerry, tell us about the show today. It was a home run as usual. Uh, Kurt always knocks it out of the park here. Maybe the coolest shop, uh, might be the coolest shop in America, what he does here. Um, had two number one cigars and a number two in the last few years, so obviously business was booming. The Pledge Prequel, which is this year's number one, got 98 points, highest rated cigar fishing out of all time. We, they, they were just flying off the shelves. It was a great day. That's awesome. You guys have great cigars, man. We've been on a, Ernesto's been on a roll. I mean, the guy's a Hall of Fame member and a legend, and he's a, it's great to see he's finally uh, have the success he's well-deserved. Good deal. Well, hey, we thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Hey, so now I'm here talking with Zane from Ashton Cigars. And uh, Zane, kind of tell us about what you've had here at your booth today and uh, what you're promoting. Yeah, so this is my first my first time doing the Kansas City Cigar Festival. And we had kind of some of our main core lines. We had the Ashton Classic, the Ashton VSG. We did some San Cristobal Elegancia and the Baseline La Roma. It was a great turnout, and we had quite a few people that were responsive to the sample packs. Um, I, I thought it was an all-around success. That's awesome. Well, hey, we really do appreciate your time. I know we're wrapping up here. And uh, so what, what are your thoughts with it being the first show? Like, how, how was the turnout for you? It was, it was honestly, it, was, it blew me away. I, I heard about over 500 attendees showed up, and um, everyone here is really friendly, engaging, open, and... I uh, will look forward to 2022. That's awesome. You got to really love the brothers and sisters of the Leaf, don't you? I love it. Absolutely. Well, hey, thanks again. Thank you. Okay, now we're here speaking with Tyler from CLE Cigars. So, Tyler, tell us about the show and what you've been promoting today. Hey, thanks for having me on. So, last year, unfortunately, due to the circumstances outside of all of our control, you know, we couldn't really do this event, the Kansas City Cigar Festival, but this year it came back, it came back with force, and we're promoting a variety of new products. So most importantly, last week and the week before last, we started shipping the the Aroa PCA exclusive, which is an exclusive cigar to those people who attended the uh, PCA trade show in July of this year. And then we also were promoting the, the CLE Signature. You know, CLE Signature came in a variety of really a variety of different lives before we uh, kind of reinvented it. This one that we're, that we're producing now, it's actually a, a Cameroon wrapper that we grow in Hamastron, just like with the Aroa PCA. You know, it's different because those seeds, you know, it's those Cameroon seeds, you know, as you know, Cameroon's grown in Africa, but we grow it in Hamastron and the, so- the, the environment and the soil is everything. So it produces a thicker leaf and that's how we're able to box press the PCA exclusive, for example. And, you know, the reception has been awesome. A lot of people were eager to try it today at the event, and the reception, everybody loved it. And of course, you know, we have things like, you know, things that have been around for a while, like the, the Edoa Classic, which is the all Corojo, the CBT, which is all Maduro, and of course, without saying, you know, Asylum 13, of course, everybody, everybody, that's the first thing to swoop for. So, no, it's very good. The people here are serious. They're here to buy, and listen, you know, Kurt Deevil's a great partner in the area, and, you know, we're here to support him. That's awesome. Thank you so much. So now I've got Jonathan with Davidoff Cigars. And uh, Jonathan, tell us all about the show and what you guys are promoting today. 
Yeah, with Davidoff, we're uh, promoting the new Avo Caribe line, a uh, brand new line we just launched ba- uh, about a month or so ago. Um, brand new line for Avo. It's the fourth uh, in the series of the Synchro line. Uh, features a Dominican rapper. Binder is from Ecuador, and the filler is Nicaraguan and Dominican. So we're, we are happy to be back at the Diebel's uh, Kansas City Cigar Fest for 2021. Unfortunately, we had to miss it last year, which everybody else had to as well. But uh, we're pleased to be back and to see a sellout crowd for Diebel's Sportsman's Gallery. And we look forward to 2022. That's awesome. Thank you so much for your time. So now we have Dave with uh, Rocky Patel. So, Dave, tell us about your thoughts on the show and what you've been promoting today. Wow, what a great show. I've been coming here for six years, over 500 people. Everybody's excited. We're back in business. Everybody's enjoying cigars. We'll be here every year uh, going forward. Just came back from a show in uh, the Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest, 2,000 cigar smokers. We're alive and living and having our freedom, so... If you, if you have never been here, you need to come next year, get your tickets from Diebel's. You'll have a great time. We, uh, we had a variety of our products here. Uh, our, the po- most popular cigar was our Decade Cigar this year. Sold over 20 boxes. We are offering free cigars with uh, purchase, top of lighters, gift packs, travel humidors, you name it. So if you're not here, you need to be here next year. You're missing a blast. That's awesome. Thank you so much. So now we're lucky enough to be joined by Joe Voss of Oliva Cigars. So, Joe, tell us all about the show and what you're promoting today. Well, the Kansas City Cigar Festival is always a great event. We uh, had an event-only sampler that we sold uh, that sold out in 30 minutes. It was fantastic. And, uh, of course, we always love to feature our Series V, Series V Milano, and everybody's favorite, the Series G. So, it was a great day. We sold a ton of cigars, and I'm always happy to be here at Diebel's on the Plaza. That's awesome. Hey, man, it was great to see you again. Always good to see you. Safe travels. We'll see you again soon. See you then. All right. And we're joined now by John with Forged Cigars. John, let us know uh, your thoughts on the show here at Kansas City. This was awesome. My, my first time doing this event with Diebel's in Kansas City here, and the turnout was spectacular. People were great. It was just a ton of fun. Couldn't ask for a better day. That's awesome. Where are you guys out of? Uh, we're based out of Richmond, Virginia. I'm out of Wisconsin, and we carry, uh, Forge carries seven different brands. We do Partagas, La Gloria Cubana, Boulevard, Diesel, Chillin' Moose, El Rey Del Mundo, and El Rico Habano. That's awesome. Love those cigars. So thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure, man. See you next year. Take care. Well, very cool. It sounds like you had a good time. It was a lot of fun, and I've got to give a special shout-out right now okay. to our buddies, uh, one of the pulpit parishioners, Jay and his son, Joel Stanley. Oh, from the parishioners group. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, it really helped me out a lot, because I'm standing there, kind of talking to Kurt, waiting on him to get some stuff done to do the interview, and in front of Kurt, they walk up to me, and they're like, are you Gator? <laughs> No, they didn't. Her kind of looked up, made a little face, and then went on doing his stuff. And, uh, yeah, they they recognized me at the event. So, you know, I I had some fans there, and it really made my day that somebody (laughs) recognized me, besides the reps, you know, because 
we've met and talked to them in the past. So yeah. Obviously, they're going to, you know, know us or, or it's going to click when I say who I am. Yeah. But no, these guys came up out of the crowd and introduced themselves to me as fans and just could could not have been nicer. That's Said awesome. they're planning to come to the Riverman event to see us there. So I can't wait. Very cool. That's awesome. Did you get a picture? Yeah, it, with was, it was really neat. I do have a picture with them. I do. Oh, look at you. Yes. I have not posted any of those yet. And to be honest, the, the event fell on 9-11. Yes. And, you know, it's just, it's always, they, they have it. It's always the Saturday, like Kurt said earlier. It's always the Saturday after Labor Day. Okay. So it's always the same, you know, time every year. It just kind of happened. It, happened to, yeah, and it, yeah. And it fell on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And out of respect, I didn't put any pictures up of, you know, the party and things. And, you know, I, I'd been listening to the radio all morning, you know, driving in. I listened to George W. speech. And by the way, if you guys haven't had a chance to listen to our former president's speech from Shanksville, Pennsylvania, you need to go search that out on YouTube or whatever Googles you want to look it up on. He gave the most incredible 20th anniversary speech for 9-11 and I was really, you know, and I've had my issues with George W., you know, over some yeah. things and whatnot, but he could not have given a better speech to mark that occasion. Awesome. So I, I held off posting, you know, pictures just, you know, kind of, you know, out, out of respect for the day. Uh, but I do have them and I do plan to put them up on the parishioners page. I may wait until, uh, you know, the Monday before this or the day that this comes out and uh, put those up so folks can see it but it was an outstanding event and guys if you're if you're not going to this you're just missing out yeah no i i would have liked to have gone to it this year it just logistically it didn't work out um yeah but uh yeah. Well, people said people there said if one of us could be there they were glad it was me you son of a bitch <laughs> you, you I, I I got that a couple, three times, actually. You yeah. did not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it my God. It's got to be one of you. I'm glad it's Gator. <laughs> anyway, well, all right. But it, was, it was a blast. And now, let me say this. And, and then, you know, I'll let you go because uh, I'm planning to go to a cigar shop. We just got in really late here tonight in Denver. Yeah. And I didn't get a chance because all the cigar lounges that I found, for the most part, all closed at 7 or 8. And we didn't roll into, like, 7, 30, 8 o'clock. And then we tried to grab something for dinner, and you know the next thing you know it's ten o'clock at night. Yeah. And um, it, so I plan to go hit a lounge here, and then I plan to hit a, a lounge in uh, Breckenridge. I've heard there's a really nice cigar lounge out there as well. And uh, but that being said, I got to talk for a minute about my drive. <laughs> so I, I'm in Kansas City. I go to the cigar fest. Yeah. And then I try to book a room in Kansas City, and between you me and the walls, I. I don't know why I'm an IHG Rewards member with Holiday Inn because uh -oh. it never works. They, uh -oh. I get thanked by them all the time. And if you work for Holiday Inn, tell tell the bosses that I'm that I'm going off about this because it's just ridiculous. <laughs> so I try to get a hotel room in Kansas City. Well, the ones downtown are booked. I get that. I get it if you're out of rooms. I find one in Orland Park. Okay. Okay. And. It's going to be like a gazillion dollars. And I'm like, no, I'll drive on down the road. I'll sleep in the back of the FJ before I pay that. You know, you know me. Yeah, I know you. Because I'm cheap. You'll so, find a cornfield to shit in and you'll sleep in the back of the FJ. Exactly. Oh, totally get it. So I decided to move on to uh, Topeka, Kansas. Okay. And I stayed the night in Topeka. 
And I, I ended up going to, I think it was a Hampton Inn, and got a, got a decent rate on it. You know, it wasn't cheap, but it was, it, 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 you know me, I'm weird about hotel rooms. And uh-huh. I just, I, I can't do the flea bag motel. I just cannot do it. I get it. Um, you know, I don't want bed bugs and all that. So whatever. I'm just, you know me, I'm nuts. I won't, and you also know I won't walk on the floor barefooted. I mean, dude, I don't like bad or old or dirty hotels. And so, like, I mean, I'm getting what I consider to be very nice, clean rooms. And you're weird about even those. Yes. yes. So, so, no, I know. Yeah, I'm really weird about hotel rooms. Yeah, and, I know. You know, I just, I want to bring in one of those, like, is it black light or ultraviolet light? Oh, you do it not want to bring in one of those. I want to I want to see if the room glows, you know, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, you don't want to really do <laughs> like that. Like on The Office. Yeah, you don't really want to do that. No. So that I don't want to know what filth I'm laying in. Yeah. So so that being said, I get the room there and it's really nice. But I get up and I I, I go down and I have breakfast and I come back into the room and take a shower and get ready. And the next thing I know, uh, it's getting close to like eleven thirty. And I head out of the hotel and I get on the road to drive on seventy and I'm excited because I'm you know, I'm getting a little earlier start than I thought. I wasn't planning to leave till noon and I head down the road. And at this point, that drive turns into that nightmare, you know, that <laughs> that you have where you're running down a hallway and the hallway just keeps extending away from you. Have That's, you ever had that? Yeah, that, that I know exactly what you're talking about. And you're describing Kansas. Yes. Kansas is the longest, most boring thing I've ever been in. <laughs> it was at one point my aunt calls and they're they're behind me. They They were following me out and they were about a half hour behind me. And they said, where are you? And I said, I'm in BFE, Kansas. And my aunt says, BFE? I don't I don't see that along the interstate. Oh, no. And I said, Donna, it's, it's bum F Egypt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's very perfect, proper Methodist. Yeah, and, and there yeah, you are dropping the BFE, yeah. Exactly. So she goes, well, well, what do you see? And I said, I've seen the same bleeping cornfield for the last two hours. <laughs> And she said, we haven't seen corn yet. I said, oh, trust me, you're going to. You're going to. And, and this like this cornfield had to be like 35, 40 miles long. It was the longest cornfield I've ever seen in my life. And it just went on forever. And then, oh, hey, now there's sorghum. Oh, wait, now we're back to corn. Back I mean, to it was corn. Just, there, was, there was nothing else <laughs> anywhere. Uh, the occasional longhorn steer that had wandered off of its, you know, farm wherever it was and that was it that was the only cool thing to look at was like two longhorn steers in a seven and a half hour drive so what you're saying though is you had plenty of restroom opportunities oh dude okay so (laughs) i had to explain to my aunt because we went through this really big storm coming across the colorado border okay and they're calling me and they're like hey are you getting hail should we pull over and i'm like no i'm making it there's there's a big dust storm in front of me it was it was something out of the dust bowl like it was dust as far as you could see it was like a brownout it was bizarre but it was on the leading edge of this giant front god does not want you to travel no <laughs> and then i finally hit some rain and the minute it started raining the dust was gone because it just sucked it out of the well, air yeah yeah well i get through this and i get pounded on by rain for about a minute and a half and that's it there's a big storm to the north of me, north of me i mean a giant like you know just gonna destroy a state storm and then to the south, there's a smaller, maybe take out a couple of counties kind of storm. But I threaded the needle on 70 and drove in between the two of them. Okay. 
I get past them. And I even make a comment to my aunt on the phone. I said, you know, just keep going because if that storm in the north, north of you shuts down, you're going to get caught in. So you're better off to just drive through it. So I get through and I even told my aunt, I said, there's probably a rainbow here somewhere because it's still raining, but the skies are blue. So I pull over to pee on an on-ramp, and you know me, the FJ, I have the suicide door, so mm-hmm. I can open two doors and make my own little urinal there. And so I do that. Well, while I'm standing there with my junk out, just whizzing away, I look up and notice the rainbow, so I'm taking pictures of the rainbow while I'm peeing. Oh, dear God. And then I sent the rainbow pictures to my aunt. You sent the rainbow pictures to your aunt? I can you, send you the rainbow picture. You can I, make it like our picture for the this episode. That you took while you were peeing on an on-ramp. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yep. Technically, it was an off-ramp. I was on the off-ramp, but then just pulled right back onto the on-ramp and kept going on the interstate. Okay. It was a pit stop. Okay. <laughs> I just, I, in in my know. defense, there was nothing around. I mean, cars were driving by, but there was nowhere to really go. Yeah. And when you got to go, you got to go. And it's only awkward because you're like that third grader that drops his pants down to his ankles to pee. How do you know I do that? Because <laughs> you, <laughs> you peed in the road <laughs> when driving with me before. Oh, that was the funniest thing. We didn't know each other that well, and I'm pissing on the road, and you're like, I and I'm like, you I, pissing. I'm like, I can hear that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was that was and awkward. That made my day. Anyway, yeah, we weren't that good of friends then. It was very early in this relationship. Very early very in the friendship. I'd rather you call it a friendship than a relationship. I think that sends the wrong message. <laughs> so, needless to say, by the next episode. I'm going to be able to talk, and if I'm not mistaken, can I say who you've got on with you? For, for Friday? Yeah. Oh, yeah, feel free. Our our man, Broccoli Rob, is going to be filling in for me. Broccoli Rob. And I'm always sliding into, into the second chair. There you go. Yep. So, uh, I made, well, you know, I made it nice and warm for him the last time I was in it. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Ew. So. Been a few other people that have slid into that chair while you've been gone too. So, you know, oh, poor Pinky! I was gonna say Pinky took the brunt of it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Do you remember what I did to your brown chair at your office? Yes, we've talked about that on here, haven't we? Yes, you knew oh, the left, hell out of that thing. I left a bomb in that cushion. Yeah, like days <laughs> later, your, somebody your, flopped your into voice. that. I was saying, like, Sam, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Sam. Like days later, my sports writer flopped into that <laughs> chair, and that funk just escaped out of it and permeated the room again. It's oh, like, that made me so happy! And it's like, dude, that's like three days old worth of ass funk that just came out of that chair. That was gross. <laughs> anyway, oh, I'm so proud of that. Oh God, sorry. Right. That, that worked out better than I ever could have imagined. Yeah. <laughs> Well, fun. Well, so yeah, say, so, no. I'll have stuff to talk about in Denver. Um, don't stay at Holiday Inn because it sucks because we had a horrible time checking into this one. But more on that uh, in the next show. <laughs> All right then. Well, try and uh, not get arrested in Colorado there, and uh, uh, I'll give it a go. I would say. I mean, let's be real. They let a lot go there, so I mean, if you're getting arrested, then you've really caused problems. The last thing I'm going to say before I let you go is I could tell that I'd re-entered a blue state. You want to guess how? Mm, how? When I crossed the Colorado border. I'm in Illinois. The states are, let me guess, the roads are shit. 
actually the, the interstate was crappy when you get into Colorado, but <laughs> the gas price jumped 60 cents. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Missouri was cheap. Kansas is cheap. Illinois is high. Colorado's high. What's the uh, common denominator there? Yeah, I, I know it. Well, you New know, state. all those Subarus in Colorado there, man, they have good gas mileage, though. They do love their taxes, they, I'll tell you that. And they love their Subarus, you know? It's like I it's like if you I bet if we were to somehow put together a map where we showed like little like the concentration of Subarus in, yeah. in the country, I bet the the blue dot in Colorado would glow the brightest. <laughs> it's like it's like it'd be like it'd be like F one fifties in southern Illinois. Yeah, it's like that country or that 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 state just like or that company just like exists purely to serve the people of Colorado. <laughs> They're That's like, actually because I passed somebody with a Colorado plate in a Subaru today. Dude, count them, okay? Do me a favor. While you're out there, count the Subarus. I'll start taking pictures of them and sending them to you. I'm telling you, I'm, they're everywhere. You're going to see more Outbacks than you know what to do with. Yep. 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 That's funny. Yeah, I will I will uh, start a Subaru count now and report back on the next show. Okay. I mean, you've been in Colorado for a little while, so the count's going to be skewed a little bit. We probably yeah. need to add about fifty to the total, but um, <laughs> if, if not more, if not more, but but I, yeah, I remember for sure passing one because I had a cute girl driving it. Well, you know, I mean, probably with one of those like coexist or unity bumper stickers on it too. Oh yeah, I mean I that's mean, you, you couldn't sweep a dead cat out of here without hitting some of those. <laughs> awesome. Well, buddy, well, stay safe on the road, and uh, yeah, we will touch base with you in uh, the next episode with Broccoli Rob. Good stuff. Will you take care? Talk to you, man. See you, buddy. Bye. Well, it sounds like he had a fun time out there in Kansas City. It's always a good time in Kansas City. That's a great town. It is. Some great cigar shops out there in Kansas City in the outlying areas. Yeah. New Springs has got a great shop out there. Yep. Uh, one in Lee Summit. Overland Park, if you get over that way. Cigar and Tobacco, great people. You should always go by and see them. Uh, but yeah, so it, you know, I used to do that... Uh, Back in the day, I used to do his. It's always a good turnout. Great group of guys that you'll find. Our so. buddy Corey Frisbee has the Weston uh, tobacco yeah, he, shop. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You're, have you ever been to his shop? I have actually. Dude, I went is out that to not his, the coolest thing dude, in, in the, the bottom of the yeah. uh, of the tobacco barn like that? And, and he's bought the building. I don't know if you know oh, that I didn't now. Know yeah, that. he now yeah. owns the building, and he's having his uh, cigar festival. It's the third weekend of October. So he'll have his little event and everything going on out there. Yeah, that was there. always a good time. I used it's to do those out time. there, too. He does it right. You know what? He makes that going back yeah. to events. Yep. That's an event. He yep. does it right the way he does the discounting and everything. Yep. You can buy from different vendors yep. and increase that. So he And he plays it fair all the way around with everybody. But, yeah, that's always a really good time. Yeah. It's only, what, an hour outside of uh, – it's Kansas maybe, City, forty minutes, maybe forty-five minutes. Yeah, north of Kansas but I City stay there. at the old hotel because yeah, because yeah, I could walk up the hill, and it's a bit of a walk. It is a bit of a walk, yeah, especially if you've been with Corey and had a few drinks. <laughs> yeah, you're stumbling yeah, around. Yeah, and <laughs> he uh, breaks out that Corey's revenge. Yeah. That like, let's be real, it's not whiskey; it's straight up moonshine. It but, is moonshine, but yeah. yeah, no, his his uh, his his uh, festival is a full. That's what events should be. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is one you need to attend. Well, I agree. I think we plan on heading out there in October. You're going to rent so, a party bus? No, I'm not going to rent a party. You're going to do a live show from there. I might do a show. Unedited? From there. 
I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. You get Corey on the air sometimes, man. You you need that edit button. Yeah, you do need the edit button. We, we actually, the last time we had Corey on the show, um, we interviewed him. He, he's been growing tobacco. Mm-hmm. He grew some tobacco, and we were talking to him all about that process and everything. And, um, uh, well, let's just put it this way. The listeners heard 30 minutes out of a 50-minute interview. Oh, yeah, well, that's so, cool. Yeah, it, 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 he, he decided that he was going to touch on a subject that, we just we're we're not touching on just yet. We'll, it's a little early. We'll drop the tease. So next time you see Corey, okay, ask Corey about the picture that he gifted me. Okay, I he'll, will do that. He'll tell you it, it's a great. I, I don't want to take that story away from him, <laughs> but it was. I still have the picture framed. Really? Oh yeah, I still have it. I don't know why. I think I have a table leg that's short on one end. And okay. I use it for a lift. No, but. I'll just throw that out there. So okay. next time you see Corey, ask him about the picture. I gave him a picture. And he was so gracious as to give me a wonderful, wonderful photo shoot that he did. So, oh, oh yeah, oh my, yeah, okay, yeah. Knowing Corey, I, this could go really wretched. So I'll have to, I'll have to ask about this. So seems like, and, and I don't know. Corey's mentioned this before, but you know, you having done the whole rep thing and everything. Mm-hmm. The reps have good relationships with one another, by and large. I mean, Pretty obviously, much. there's you know, going to be much. some. Oh, there's always somebody. Yeah, you don't. But. You don't get. Uh, when I would do, uh, especially when you're out in the heartland, you would cross over. It's funny to watch reps from different areas, how they not react, but how they are to a point. So when the Texas boys would come up, yeah. say we were at the Kansas City Fest, the Texas boys were coming up, and then you had the Midwest boys in there, the Heartland boys. Yeah. It, you could see a little bit of a difference. Uh, Texas uh, does a little bigger all the time, even when they're outside the state. Okay. But no, most of everybody, all reps are always supportive. When I started in Chicago, uh, one of the things we did was, it was all new reps. There was Merle, she was with Miami Cigar, um, Perez was with Acid. Gary was with Gurkha. I can't think of who else was around. There were some old reps, uh, Matt, who's still with General. Uh, but the new reps, we would all get together like once a month yeah. and have lunch. And we kind of helped each other out, too. So it was, you know, we would go in to obviously show our product, but we'd be like, well, how come you're not carrying this? Yeah. You know, it, is, is it, you know and we've been in. And it would be the... You know, you should really take a look at this product. It does well at this store. It does well at this store. So, yeah, they, most reps get along. Once in a while, there's a couple of reps. Just stay 15 feet from each other. And they're fine. <laughs> you know, but, no, I we all go through the same thing. Okay. You know, living out of a suitcase in a hotel, man, is not a glamorous life all the time. Looks like it, but not when you're away from family or yeah. just your own house and stuff like that. So, no, I think uh, all the reps are pretty – I've seen plenty of times you've hung out, you know, three, four reps will be in a – in a, yeah, in, in the shop, just hanging out, having a good time. We're all in the same game. It's you know, the cigar industry is really just a small family. Yeah, that's all it is. You know, you got that one cousin you don't like and you don't want to see, but the rest of them you miss when when they're not around. It's always fun. Very cool. Well, I guess this is the point in the show when I tell you how you can uh, follow us on social media. We're on Instagram at The Cigar Pulpit, as well as at Naked Gator, N-E-K-K-I-D Gator. Where can people follow you? They can follow me on uh, Instagram. It's Nappy Bigman. Okay. Uh, and then they can find, uh, it's weird because I don't know all this stuff. I'm learning all, all the hookups and everything. So oh, on, the, yeah. on Spotify, 
Uh, you can look up Just Saying. Put the ellipsis in there because there's yeah. like I, we're talking about changing the name because there's like forty three dots at the end for yeah, those of you. Who don't three know. dots yeah. at the end. Yes. Uh, there's like forty two hundred Just Saying podcasts. Okay. So we may just go with everyday conversations. But if you go to YouTube, just uh, punch in Snappy Bigman. Okay. And that channel will come up. Perfect. And then we'll do the gratuitous. Please like and please subscribe and share with friends. Yes. Okay. There you go. Then we are also on Facebook where we have the Cigar Pulpit Parishioners Group. And, guys, you're going to want to get in on that because everybody apparently likes to take shots and figure out ways that they can make me spend money in that group. And then we're also on Twitter, YouTube, and, guys, again, we need your calls for the Ask the Boys segment. Area code 863-874-0000. Oh, can I get in one more shameless plug? Sure. Why not? They can also visit the website, which is really shitty right now, but we're getting it changed around. Uh, We're going to make some changes to it, obviously. But they can go to snappybigman.com. Okay. I'm starting a trend. I'm dropping the www. Everything's www. I know. So snappybigman.com, they can find our coffee. So at least four of them right now. Uh, but take a visit. Just look around. You don't have to buy anything. You can kick a tire. We're good with that. We there just like go. to see people visit once in a while. <laughs> well, guys, try the coffee. Try I mean, you know. It's great coffee. A lot of people just like saying. cigars with coffee. So you know what? Try the coffee. Well, you know, the thing is, too, people have said that because it is based around how we started was based around. And they go, well, I don't smoke cigars. You can still drink the coffee. I'll say, you can still like the coffee. Yes, you can still like the coffee. Very cool. So, final thoughts on the J.C. Newman Newman Yagua. Good cigar all the way through. Yep. Uh, I would still call it a... Definitely medium body. I did get some of that spice yes. you were talking about. Okay, I was going to ask It you was coming up on there. Yep. Uh, it got to that point. So I'm going to call it a go-to cigar. Okay. Kind of. It's nothing, I'm going to be honest, outstanding on it. Yeah. It's a solid smoke all the way through. When it started picking that up at the end, it was kind of a shame because then it was like, oh, I want to spend a little more time. But then it was time to, to put it down. Yeah. If I hit that flavor, that end flavor on that back third, halfway in. Would've would have made killer. a little, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a it's, it's a rock solid cigar. It burned well in the in the wind tunnel. Uh, smoked beautifully all the way through and through. Good flavors. That's why I was taking mine down even further to where I ended up like briefly uh, touching the uh, burn line yep. on it. As I was trying to get as much out of that little little bit left that I had. That's you how know. you judge a good when you when you burn your teeth. That's <laughs> when you have a good cigar. Very cool. Well, Christopher, thank you so much for taking for time out me. on really a Sunday, man. It. This has been really no, great. it was a lot of fun. Thanks for having us on. And like I say, you, my friend, have an invitation. We'll set something up. I appreciate up, that. Uh, in the next couple of weeks or so when we record, just open your Tuesday up. That's when we do it. Sounds and, good. And uh, we'll have you in studio. Will do. All right. Thanks for having me on. I really do appreciate yeah, this it. This has been great. Well, guys, this has been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm Nick. I'm Christopher Manso, Snappy Bigman. Everybody stay safe and stay smoky.